Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Hello, folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we'll have an interesting show, I'm sure, and I want to welcome all your folks uh, there. And also, when I check out more of the show, you can go to the website at www.patriotjournalist.com. BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com You can find uh, a lot of the articles that we'll be using tonight uh, for the show as well as others that we would probably like to get to this evening, but depending on how the conversations go, we may or may not get to. And you can check that out again at the website at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com Check out the newsroom page and you'll be able to get the articles there. You'll even be able to Uh, get the updates of the newsroom by subscribing to it uh, by putting in your email. And you can also send me, the host, a message. uh, And you can also do that on the contact page of the website. So definitely check out uh, www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And so what we'll do uh, tonight is start off with our first First topic, and that is the 45 goals or the 45 communist goals. Uh, and we'll be uh, discussing now. Hopefully, we'll be able to get through all of them tonight. And what we're going to do is we're going to go, well, we have to go through those. Uh, and, you know, since we're only going to have about an hour to go through that topic, or at least that's the plan, but we'll see. Uh, what we're going to do is see which one of those uh, we have already seen. Happening or well on their way here in the United States, uh, happening there, and then which ones that are you know just starting, ones that have been here for uh, quite uh, some time, and you know so on and so forth. So let's go ahead and go over those. And if uh, see some callers in, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on the number dial. We'll get the the panel in. Uh, if anyone may comment on any of these specific points. And then uh, later we're going to talk about, of course, we deal with uh, Donald Trump about ending DACA. Of course, he's given Congress six months. We'll talk more about that. And uh, the other topic, uh, the Pentagon to have to rely on Russia. And what we're talking about is Russian rocket engines until the 2020s. And we'll discuss some of the dangers uh, that can be caused by that. But first, let's go ahead and, you know, with all the things going on, now, lately, I think it's good to remind folks uh, just what is really uh, the goal here, at least with, with something, maybe even the 
the globalists, and I think some of these that you'll hear tonight in this list uh, will uh, will ring true to you. And so we'll just go ahead and start that since we do have quite the list. It says accepting, and, and I'll do some elaboration on a few of these. Uh, the first one is accepting acceptance of coexistence is the only alternative to nuclear war. Uh, of course, the yeah, coexistence. I think that you know what that is is of course coexistence, multinational, uh, multinational, uh, not corporations, but multiculturalism, uh, globalism, things of that nature. Uh, I think that's what they're. I mean, that's so. Uh, we've already seen uh, parts of that coming together, the United Nations. For one, I think they even talked more specific down the list. Two is U.S. willingness to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. I think uh, we're kind of seeing that now uh, with North Korea, uh, you know, kind of giving in some things or just letting them. I think it was – I can't remember who the person was who was stating that, well, maybe the reality we'll have to live in in this world uh, is a nuclear – uh, a nuclear-powered North Korea, not nuclear powers and power plants, uh, but it had them having nuclear weapons. And I'm trying to remember who that was. I, I know it was a Democrat uh, who said that, uh, but maybe it was uh, Elizabeth Warren or someone of that nature. And said, developed the develop the illusion. Oh, let me get back to that. Says, and I want to uh, welcome folks in the chat. If you'd like to chime in, give us a call at three four seven. Nine four five seven four two eight. We'll get you into the show. Just push the one on your number dial. I'll get uh, into the green room with you, and we can uh, get your name and get you onto the show. But anyway, uh, the third one: develop the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. Now, that's not something I'm hearing a lot of right now. I know that is something that we have heard. Uh, about uh, in the past, uh, but of course that's so, you know especially when they're doing arms talks between the United States and Russia, and and at that time when it was just the United States of Russia who had you know the nuclear weapons at least for the most part, I mean it was, it was nuclear weapons. I, I thought there may there may have been a chance of that to happen now, but since there's nuclear proliferation with many other Pakistan, for instance, you also have Iran who may if not already have them, and now of course. We've got uh, North Korea uh, that just set off what is allegedly a hydrogen bomb uh, that they said, and it's actually had some seismic activity uh, from, I think, six, uh, 6.0 on the Richter scale or something of that nature. Uh, so now you got North Korea. So now trying to say that the United States to uh, uh, disarm, I think, is, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and unfortunately, that time, and I do say unfortunately, I mean, I'm not a big fan of nuclear anything, especially, I mean, even nuclear power plants per se, because, you know, the nuclear dangers there. Now, if we had nuclear fusion, uh, which is a different topic, we won't get all on that, all on that I'll, uh, then I'm really not a, a big fan of that. But anyway, that was number uh, three there, four, permit trade. Between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Now, the first one that comes to mind uh, is uh, the trade with Cuba, which is, I mean, at least the most, most recent one that you know, I'm aware of. You know, but I know what the, the going thought is, or, or some of the going thought is 
to things that these communist nations, you know, experience our capitalism, uh, then perhaps, you know, they may lean more towards a capitalistic economy. Now, I, I think there could be some reasonable, you know, reasonality for that. Uh, and, you know, perhaps that could be something that could work. Uh, I mean, even China, I don't believe, is totally, uh, you know, communistic. I do think there is some uh, private industry there, not many. Uh, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think they have like little pockets uh, of it. And I think the same is in Russia, now, you know, same as in Russia. Uh, so, you know, it's not totally, but whether, you know, it could spread by having trade with all of them, you know, and at this point it remains to be seen because, of course, we have traded, well, not much with Cuba, but we do extensive trade uh, with China, and that still does not, you know, that has, still hasn't changed their economic system. And then uh, the fifth one, extension of long-term loans to Russia and Soviet satellites. And I don't know as much about those. Uh, perhaps if someone knows more on those than I do, of course, you can give us a call and uh, make comment on it. Uh, and I think that may tie in, may not with loans, uh, but in our topic in the third hour, uh, I think there's going to be some ties there. You know, we can make, make some ties there uh, for that. And so, you know, if anyone, either that or, you know, you want to make a comment, uh, you're welcome to, again, contact me through the uh, contact page. We can, we can bring that information to, you know, back to our next show or one of our shows. And you can contact me on the, on the website's contact page at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And then we've got uh, the sixth one, provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. And I mean, and I would agree. I mean, I I think not just you know, our American aid to to all nations, not just ones or any nation, not just ones you know that are communistic. I mean, I've got mixed thoughts on that. You know, they they say United States. Well, we take the moral high ground and we help out anyone who 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 needs it across the world. Uh, I mean, we get enough people. We've got enough problems here, uh, and with you know. They're talking about raising the debt ceiling. You know, it's like, well, maybe if we stop spending so much money and giving so much money to other nations, then, you know, perhaps, you know, we can have more of that on our own for our own economy and get rid of some of our own debt, which, you know, <clears throat> China, excuse me, China owns uh, a, a large part of that. So, you know, but the, I think, that, you know, as you're seeing, uh, these are all things that just slowly weaken uh, the United States, and I think by giving away our money to these other nations, you know, of course, that's, you know, to weaken us economically uh, for that. And then seven, grant recognition to red China emissions to the United States. Uh, not the United States, United Nations, as we stated in the beginning of the show, already seen that. You know, we've, we've already seen it. And so, you know, there are things that have already occurred. And I would say, so we'll stop there and get Susan on the line. Uh, so we'll stop at 7, and then we'll get Susan get her uh, her comments. So let's go ahead and welcome her. Uh, welcome very much, uh, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm fine. Can you hear me? I can hear you good. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So um, I won't probably be on for more than an hour and a half to two hours because I got an early morning tomorrow. 
I tell you. But when you need the money, you need the money, huh? Understood. And, um, hmm. Well, I've got something I'm going to post on to you. Uh, it's called, uh, uh, it's uh, J- Hank Johnson, infamous for his Guam tipping over waste time. I, there is more to it than that. Let me tell you, that man has got to be the most, oh, dress is nice, but he has no brains. Uh, but Sheila Jackson is saying that the hurricane is uh, 50 feet below sea level. Yes, indeed. And uh, the weather is racist <laughs> because it's attacking mostly black people. Oh, I don't geez. know how. Well, wait till we get to Florida, then that may change, right? Uh, how does she get elected over and over? <laughs> I don't understand it myself. I really don't. But you know, her last name is Lee. So can she be removed for that reason, like the statues they want to remove? <laughs> I just was thinking of that, you know. So, uh, anyway. Uh, that's all I'm going to say to Modaka. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know that there's a, a six-month... Uh, that it won't be enforced or something? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's basically, a Trump giving it, supposedly Trump's giving Congress six months to actually uh, make DACA into legislation. Right now, it's unconstitutional. And he's giving them six months to make it. And then I guess what he's going to do here, – here's my thinking. I mean, is that what I mean? And we'll talk about this more in the second segment, is that – from my understanding of it is he's going to give Congress six months to legalize it, right, and actually pass some legislation. Some are contending like some in the National Review and stuff like that, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through some of that later, uh, standing perhaps in some type of you know, uh, reform, immigration reform bill or something of that nature. But he says he's going to give it up to six months to, to figure it out, or he's going to revisit the topic with kind of the undertones, uh, I thought, of just – Getting rid of the executive order and getting rid of it all together. I think that's what his threat is, you know, to do that. So trying to, you know, saying, hey, Congress, I'm giving you six months to legalize this. If you don't, well, then I'm going to revisit it. But, you know, I haven't heard a lot of details on that. But my thinking is, is perhaps, you know, with the threat that, hey, you know, I'm just going to rescind this, uh, this executive order completely. And, you know, if you guys don't do anything, about it, but you know that's that's kind of my take on it right now. Well, you know, I'm a little torn. Most of them, yeah, they need to be sent back. But like there was one young man, and someone said, "Well, he's taking a job from someone else." Well, no, he wasn't. He was doing that for free, uh, rescuing people and digging out stuff and helping at in Houston. He was a rescue worker, so to speak, or a volunteer, and. Um, he said, I, I may be affected by this sent back, but right now I don't care about race or anything. I'm just trying to help people. And I felt bad for him because he seemed like a very nice young man. And you could see him working and everybody gathered around him, you know, and they were all working together. And I felt kind of bad for him. I, I know I, I get a sympathy cord every now and then for when there's a story like that. Well, and, and I'll go over, you know, and, you know say when we, we, you know, talk about that in the second hour, we'll 
you know, I'll, you know, give more of my thoughts on that. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and go back uh, to the list because I do want to try to keep things uh, in order. But I mean, I know things, you know, may spill over, and that's fine. Uh, but anyway, so uh, back to number uh, eight. It says set now. Uh, this is interesting. So set up East and West Germany a separate state in spite of Khrushchev's promise in 1955 to settle the German question by free elections under supervision of the United Nations. That's kind of old, but remember, this is, this is taking something that's, you know, been out there for quite some time, <laughs> you know, decades, uh, what, it, what it may seem. Uh, so, of, of course, we see how that turned out. The nine, prolong the conferences to ban atomic tests because the United States has agreed to suspend tests as long as negotiations are in progress. You know, as I said, some of these are quite old. Uh, and says, excuse me, 11, promote the United Nations as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. Some communist leaders believe that the whole world could be taken over as easily by the United Nations as by Moscow. So sometimes these two centers uh, compete with each other as they're doing what they're doing in Congo. It's kind of a side note in there when they sent me the list. But, yeah, so, I mean, rewrite uh, the United Nations as a one-world government with its independent forces. Now, right now, of course, we know the United Nations does have its peacekeeping force, supposedly. Uh, now, of course, it probably doesn't help them out that uh, – a, a good part of that uh, keeping for us is, you know, America. So, you know, I don't know how well uh, that's going to work for them. Uh, but we have seen, uh, you know, we've seen, seen uh, ha- you know, have seen that, in, you know, with the United Nations. There's more, you know, more and more come on board and more and more become part of the Security Council is I think that, you know, over time uh, you're going to see that, you know, those with actual veto rights, I mean, I, I could see a day where, you know, everybody's going to have some sort of veto, not everybody, but, um, you know, many more are going to have, you know, have veto rights uh, as, as some of the other nations, you know, some of the other nations do. I think that's going to be at it. So, now, now, this one, you know, I mean, it says resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. You know, well, I get that. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to outlaw any party either. I don't even, you know. I don't care what party it is. I mean, hell, if someone wants to run, as, you know, the Nazi party in the United States, I want people like, oh, my God, you can't say that, especially this time. I mean, I don't care if someone wants to run the Confederate party, if someone wants to run the Nazi party, the neo-Nazi party. I don't care. Let them run. They ain't going to get anywhere. You know, they may get, you know, a handful of votes or a couple hundred, maybe even a couple thousand. There ain't nothing where it's going to be, you know, make any difference. But this is, you know, America. This is the United States of America, home of the free, you know, free, right? Or land of the free, him of the brave, you know, uh, to outlaw any type of pod, party, I think is ridiculous. Even one that's supposedly a hate party, uh, because you know, let let the people decide it out. You know, instead of making something like that illegal, let the people decide it out. If, if that's not something they want to support, they won't. I mean, let's look at the alternative parties now that that struggle every election cycle. You know, they're just not a, you know they're not a DNR, so you have the Constitution Party. You have the Libertarians, you know, the Green Party is kind of the main three, but you have a bunch of different parties that, you know, don't stick. You know, I mean, they don't have, you know, they, they've get, they got some, they even got some people in state houses and things of that nature. Uh, 
you know, and you do have some independents out there, independent party, you know, but so banning a party, I think that's ridiculous. Now I would like to get your thoughts on that, uh, Susan, on, you know, the thoughts of, you know, actually banning a political party. Well, George Washington did not believe in parties. And I don't well, know. True. Kind of and so I would just like to see people vote for a man, not a party. And that's the problem. A lot of people vote for a party, not for a guy. And we have beliefs. That's true. So I don't mind banning them all. Well, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, no, no, I understand that. But I mean, just like banning one specific. Yeah, ban them all, that's great because that's equal across the board, right? I mean, you ban them all, then that's great. Now, but what? Well, I mean, but what if just banning certain parties? I mean, do you think that should be something that should be allowed? Um, no, just because uh, we have some bad Republicans too. So, but I, I would give Putin alone or Russia if they would take all our rotten uh, politicians and Obama into their country. <laughs> oh, I definitely <laughs> would give him alone. That would be a reward, you know. So, can do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, go ahead. Oh, uh, that, that's pretty much it. That, he, he would have more trouble <laughs> than he knew what to do with if he did that. Wouldn't even be worth the money, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just, I just think it would be hilarious. If we if they brought that up in Congress for a vote, you're all gonna have to go. Oh, especially McCain, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh my goodness, I would applaud Jeff Flake. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be uh, wonderful. <laughs> Jeff Flake is just—he's a flake, all right. <laughs> yeah, so no you know, and so now this one's uh, this one's interesting, and I, I you know. Would have liked, uh, you know, maybe Dr. Tolbert to come in uh, and, but, you know, maybe he's tied up or he didn't get my message earlier. But anyway, and, and kind of tell more about this, I think he'd be a good resource for that, uh, is where, you know, where it says, uh, do away with all loyal oaths or loyalty oaths. Uh, you know, that, that I like to, I definitely would like to have been able to get more specifics on that. Uh, you know, for the loyalty oath, but you know, maybe you know that's you know pledge to your nation or something of that nature. You know, pl- I mean, I don't know if that's exactly. It's probably more, more than that. But you know, maybe different. You know, pledging to different societies or something of that nature. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know. You know, exactly what that. Um, and we haven't really seen anything like that yet. You know, I mean, there's really nothing I think to compare to. I mean, unless. You know, they're, they're t- I don't know. I, I just don't see any example of that right now that, that, that I can think of. Um, uh, you know, maybe there could have been some things that out there that you know people could say, well, yeah, well, I've got this example, you know, but I, I, I haven't seen it, or, or maybe it's just not on the on the top of my head. And now it says, uh, now this is interesting, and we could probably talk. Well, I'll, I'll go, that's not the next one. It says continue giving Russia access to United States. Patent office, uh, and again, you know, a lot of these definitely bear uh, more scrutiny, and also could probably, you know, take on, you know, to get information for another show uh, would be that. Uh, and then we've got uh, now this one, of course, we could probably talk at length that 
It says capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. Now, I, I, I see that definitely happening now. <clears throat> I'd say definitely in, in the Democrat Party, almost to a whole. I mean, almost to the whole of the party. I mean, uh, there, there were some you know, blue dog Democrats and a, a few smidgen, even conservative dev- Democrats, maybe even some moderates. But I tell you what, after uh, – what was that guy who ran for president for the Democrats? So Webb, can't remember his first name. I think he might have been the last – Jim. Uh, Jim. What's that? Jim. Jim? Was it Jim Webb? Yeah. Jim Webb. Yeah, Jim Webb. I, I think he might have been the la- one of the last of the Democrats that actually makes sense. I mean, you know, at least on a national level, because I think, think they just all flew out the coop. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's just like – uh, yeah, I mean, they were they were left leaning and, and socialistic, but I tell you what, just the way they've been acting lately, uh, at least since Trump's ran for office and won the presidency, it's just like I don't know, just they're they're blathering idiots. Yeah, I'd have to say. I mean, it's just un, it's, it's just unbelievable what's coming out of there. So I definitely think that you know, there's a lot of validity out there with the the Democrat Party, and I would even say. In some, and it's growing, I think, uh, to apply towards the Republican Party. You know, I mean, I think they're both getting to be in, in cahoots. And whereas people might not see them being beholden to multinational corporations who have no interest in in any one country, right? I mean, <clears throat> just because they're they're multinational corporations, I mean, they just care about you know, I don't want to say the profits, but you know, I mean. They have no national borders. They don't. They don't care about any type of nation. As long as they're making their money, they don't. They don't care. Uh, and you know, there's no interest. There's no concern. Uh, there's no loyalty. There's your old loyalty. There's no loyalty to the United States uh, at all. Uh, whether it's you know the supply jobs or, or or what. So I don't think that's there. So there's definitely folks in the Republican Party. Who I think uh, may fit that description uh, as well, and unfortunately that's growing. I think that's one of the reasons why you know could 2000. So I tell you what, I think for the grassroots, and I'm, I'm going to put this out there now, and you know hopefully some more folks grab onto this. There's, and you hear Sean Hannity say this about the presidential election all the time. Is that this is the most? You know, and I think this time it was actually true. This is the most you know, important election of our lifetime. I mean, he, if you look back, Sean Hannity said that for I don't know how many selections. Like, but I think that actually is the case here in 2018's midterm election. And I'm not just saying, oh, my God, we've got to get Republicans in there. I'm not saying that. Or we've got to keep Republicans to get more Republicans. I'm not saying that at all. As, as this thing's pointed out, I mean, the Republicans and Democrats, I mean, they're pretty much, you know, just as bad as each other almost you know when i'm talking about why it's more important as i think this is the, this 2018 could very well be the most important and could be very well the most pivotal uh election not necessarily for the republicans this could this can go for democrats as well what i'm talking about is that for the grassroots to get grassroots candidates clean the swamp drain the swamp as trump has said because let's think about right now if trump does this and i hate to say it right now his you know in my experience 
as an you know example of we experience and who he's been who he supported in some of these uh, these these past elections is if Trump would come out and I would think he would, but as I said with these past uh, elections, I don't know, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, Susan, is that if he just comes out and supports grassroots candidates to uh, in the in primaries, the primary out all these po- uh, career politicians or most of them, if he would come out and show his support and and travel with, if not travel, endorse them, you know, maybe show up at a, a rally for him or something of that nature, uh, and support these grassroots candidates through the uh, in the primaries. I think you get a lot. Of, and, and, and I think you get a lot of grassroots. And you know what? I mean, this might sound ridiculous to folks. But I'll even, you know, have him – and I'm not saying actually actively go and campaign for them, but I think he actually should support the Democrat grassroots policies. I'm not saying, you know, go campaign with them, but I'm saying tweet out, hey, Democrats, you know, you want your party back you know, or something like that. Then, you know, maybe you should vote for this guy or gal in your primary. You know what I mean? And, and that's, I think that's going to be pivotal. If you get grassroots people – you know, who still even if there are some Democrats who still care about this country, you get them to primary out all these uh, career politicians, and then maybe we could very well drain the swamp. And so, but and I think that it's pivotal and, and really on point uh, with what you know we're talking about here with the you know capture one of the bits of the parties. They almost have both, in my opinion. And the only way to stop that part of this communist goal is to you know. Get, you know, drain the swamp, get these people, you know, these career politicians out of there, and then, you know, bring in some new people. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't want to go over long on that, but I, I think that's important because it's really, I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, we're really seeing that today, certainly. Uh, but and but the thing is with that is unlike some of the other things you've heard, is I don't think it's too late for that. But it's going to have to take a, a, a Trump president to come out and do these. Uh, and that's a Trump president, you know, maybe not just in this, but if it gets reelected as well. Uh, because I'm telling you, a- after Trump, I mean, who knows if we'll ever get a non-career you know, career politician to be president again. I mean, the media might have him and the fact that he wasn't a, a polished politician or whatever, experienced politician. They might smear that so much and use that point so much to try to discuss the masses on it. That we may never see another president like Donald Trump, at least not in our lifetimes, and that that would be a shame. Uh, but don't be surprised if that you know if they try to do that. So, anyways, we'll go to the next point uh, where it says use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Uh, and I don't know why, but the first thing of uh, this that t- comes out is the Boy Scouts, uh, of, you know, the Boy Scouts of America, and, and them wanting to, you know, allow. Tra- I mean, and I, I mean, if a guy wants to dress like a guy, if a girl wants to dress like a girl, that, that's fine. Or, or if they want to have a, a, a sex change or whatever, gender change, whatever they call them, uh, and, and have that done, that's fine. That's their life. It's once they start involving other people, you know. And wanting and want to get into the organization that otherwise, you know, in our worldview, a conservative uh, 
organization and it's a private organization, and if they do not want you know, trans- transgenders in there, for instance, then I don't think they should have to let them. I, I don't. I mean, private, you know, I don't think the government should make a private, uh, you know, hey, if, they, you know, if the transgenders want a Boy Scout, create your own that just have boys who want to be girls in there. I mean, unfortunately, we're, we're seeing that happen more and more with the youth. Uh, you know, the, the, the youth is becoming open to that. And even say, I mean, I've seen an article, and I know I'm digressing a little bit, where a, a kid like in the sixth grade or something like that was, you know, identified himself as a girl. I'm like, how do you know that? I mean, I, I, that's, or maybe they said they were six. Uh, sixth grade or six years old, I'm like, how would you know at that time that you want to be a girl? You know, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get that. But I think that's where uh, them trying to do those, in trying to uh, degrade, uh, you know, our, you know, our traditions. And I mean, just, and I think we can kind of tie that in. And there might be another, uh, another part of their agenda or goals that that rings true more. Uh, but I'm talking about with the statues that are coming down. You know, you're, they're trying to, uh, you know, it's. You know, it's, it's our civil rights, you know, to, to be able to have, you know, our, our history out there without people, you know, looking to destroy it. So, as I said, I mean, I don't know if they could be as much of a link. But anyway, so let's go. Uh, actually, I want to bring yourself in, uh, Susan, about what I stated earlier. I mean, I'm backtracking a little bit. Hey, uh, uh, Pianchi, good to see you. Um, talk should be done away with. And, yeah, we are going to talk about the uh, – uh, we are going to talk about that in our second hour, but you are welcome to give us a call, Pianchi, at 347-945-7428, and uh, first we'll get you in the green room, and then I'll get you into the show. But, Susan, I mean, what do you think about, uh, you know, the party, Trump going out there and, you know, actually you know, going out with these grassroots, and do you think he would actually do it? You know, primary out all of these, uh, you know these career politicians and rhinos, especially, and oh, you know, you all the big mean, time libs on the Democrat side. Now you don't mean Rand Paul. <laughs> oh, he's one of the first ones I think should go. Yeah, Rand Paul's got to be one of the first. I'm just kidding with you, Susan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was just kidding you. I was just giving you gander up on that. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I just want to. Yeah, I just, I just getting, I just getting your gander up on that one. <laughs> go ahead. No, I mean there are a few. I'm not saying get rid of all of them. I'm saying get rid of a vast majority. I think get rid of obviously. I don't even think he's going to run anymore. Is get rid of McCain. I mean, he's already saying, oh, we can't do this to DACA, and I've got an article that later that you can find on the uh, Bard's Logic Blue Talk website, the newsroom page. But anyway, uh, you can uh, – yeah, I mean, like McCain, but as I said, I don't think he's running more. Definitely they need to get rid of Paul Ryan. I mean, he, he needs to get out of there. Mitch McConnell – this gets to the Senate too. Mitch McConnell, you know, get rid of him. On the Democrat side, you know, uh, get rid of uh, Elizabeth Warren. You know, get rid of Pelosi. You know, get rid. You know, get some grassroots people who still love America. Because I really don't think the liberals, you know, in the Democratic Party, I really don't think they love America. I think they're they're definitely in line with the either. You know, it's not the communists, and definitely the globalists who, of course, we think, you know, the globalists are actually communists. It, it, that's who it is, most definitely. 
But uh, I was surprised. Uh, Elizabeth Warren did kind of, she's in the hot seat right now. Her and Pelosi both said a few good things about Donald Trump. And boy, oh boy, were they, they are not popular right now with the Democrat Party. So um, Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. Not To be honest, not, not much specifics, but I have heard, you know, some on that, but I, I, well, I'm trying to remember what Pelosi what Pelosi said because uh, I didn't hear about Elizabeth Warren, but I did hear about Pelosi. And I, I'm, I'm I'm not recalling it right now, but good. Uh, one of them was uh, saying that she she went after the anti uh, whatever it is the FIFA Antifa. <laughs> yeah, Antifa. She went after them, said their violence was a little, and I can't remember which one it was. But one of them, you know, and and so, you know, they're in trouble with their own party right now. So, hmm, that was rather interesting to uh, uh, to read that, you know. Whereas hmm. Jeff Flake, he's, he's like, Congress needs to protect the dreamers. I'd like to exchange a few dreamers for they to take Jeff Flake over into Mexico. <laughs> but, you know. That ain't gonna happen, I'm sure. <laughs> oh dear, it, it's just a mess. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, well, you gotta laugh in order to I keep yourself from crying. That's what you gotta I do. Wish, I, oh, and Anna Antifa is turning on George Soros because they want to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they They're do. I am sure they do. You know, they know where the money is. They're not totally stupid. Oh, and you know that uh, that nurse that was arrested in, in uh, Utah? The nurse arrested in Utah? For, uh, because she tried to take blood. Uh, she didn't want to take blood from a patient um, without his consent. You know, she that's against the law. Right. The Idaho, the Idaho Police Department thanked the nurse for standing up to the Idaho cop or the Utah cop, because the the patient happened to be a Idaho police officer. Thought that and was she, wanted to, she wanted to draw blood, and he said no, and she didn't enforce it, or and what was that? Oh, she got arrested by the cops for refusing to do it. That's weird. So, yeah. Why wouldn't she draw the blood from him? Oh, because he's a cop? You, yeah, you have to have... Well, you have to have consent uh, from any patient for that, I guess. Right, okay. So, oh, here it is. She said Wednesday, Pelosi, that uh, they don't, that the American voters do not want to hear Democrats criticizing him because it disrespects their decision. So, uh, well, and and to criticize the president personally is to disrespect their judgment. So I say to my members, this is about what we're going to do. So she uh, she said it's too early well, to judge. Well, she must have been putting her finger to the wall or, or air to the wall or read a poll or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because I mean, haven't they been blasting him for, uh, you know, they've been blasting for, you know, over a year or, you know, over a year. To, <laughs> Maybe they finally caught on Like you know what we did lose the election People don't want to keep hearing from us Exactly And I I can't find the one with Oh here it is 
uh, enraged liberals might want to reject Feinstein. Yeah. She, uh... uh she well, even Feinstein, that shocked the hell out of me. Apparently, the left is feeling she may be betrayed them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, some of them are actually being smart right now uh, on some things. Uh, she said you have patience with President Trump. Uh, so now she faces liberal backlash. She refused wow. to bash President Trump and called for patience over his presidency. So Wow. But that, may, that, that yeah. almost makes me nervous, though. I mean, I know we're getting off topic. But that only that almost makes me nervous, so especially when I was reading an article uh, when they were talking about and, and that I mean, he sat down with Schumer when they, when they talked about raising the debt ceiling. You know, he was sitting down and, and had a conversation, and it looked like it was amicable enough with Pelosi and Schumer. You know, and, and they came out saying, "Oh yeah, he's going to work with us." I mean, that that almost worries me to a point where I'm like, eh, why? Uh, why you know what's what's going on here? I mean, what's going on with Trump? You know, talking with Schumer and Pelosi, and and, and there's there's not a gnashing of teeth, uh, especially by Schumer, uh, when when they come Schumer, out of a meeting. Schumer did work once with Michael Savage. It was over years ago. Over that something about the port. Uh, make sure you, we guarded the port because we were going to leave it open. And Schumer worked with Michael Savage and said, I agree with you on this, so I'm going to help you defeat it. So he he has a brain. He just doesn't use it, apparently. <laughs> and, and we do see it's the quarter of the hour, so it looks like we are going to be spilling into our second segment uh, with this, because I at least want to at least get a cursory uh, through this, um, uh, you know, through through the uh, this list. And let's go ahead and... Um, here we go. It says, get control of the schools, which we know. We know the liberals have control of the schools. Do we not? I mean, yeah, they do. Colleges, grade schools, uh, high schools, you know, some grade schools. You know, I, got, I mean, I don't know if I'll get to the article, but I did see an article about the Catholic Church uh, is, you know, urging Trump to keep uh, DACA, which, I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of get it. You know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, that the Catholic Church would do that, you know, because, you know, take in the poor and give your money and blah, 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 blah. That's why I can't be Catholic. I'm not charitable enough. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm callous when it comes to that. And I guess, you know, I guess me growing up, not poor, poor, but me not growing up with a lot. And then every, every, I look around me, I say everything that I've got, I've worked for. No one's given me a hand up, hand out, anything like that. I did it all myself. You know, so maybe that, that that's caused me to be a little callous to uh, to other folks. You know, but I mean, I, I was I was certainly not born with a, a you know remotely with a silver spoon. I mean, I had you know I was one of, of of seven kids with my parents. They they put us you know they worked you know two jobs to put us through you know Catholic education. I mean, I have a Catholic education, but I'm not Catholic. Um, you know, so. I mean, we didn't have. I mean, I got made fun of for my clothes. I got made fun of for my shoes. You know, anyways, it's, I, I could go on. I mean, my parents worked their asses off. My dad worked himself into a stroke, actually. Um, you know, when I was 15. But anyway, uh, so I guess that just makes makes me callous. But anyways, we know they do have our schools, um, and you know, it says use them as trans uh, transmission belts 
for socialism and current socialist propaganda. I mean, now they're talking about kids, you know, like, oh, now, you know, especially, I mean, you hear people's Valley Victorian speeches and, you know, when the, and people come in, you know, the, oh, well, we're a citizen of the world. I mean, because of technology now, we're not just citizens of the United States. And now they use nationalism, but, you know, they always, don't you notice, and I, I know I keep going off on tangents, but you notice that now when they talk about nationalism, especially, they love to link the white nationalists, the Nazis. They're nationalists, all these extreme nationalists, you know, and they try to tie if you're a nationalist, you must be a Nazi or you must be an extremist if you're a nationalist. Like nas- being a nationalist, a nationalism is a dirty word. Um, but that, that's what they're trying to do, and they're, and they're doing that through our education system, you know, say, uh, saying, oh, but we're, we're – we're, we've got to start thinking about ourselves as a citizen of the, of the globe, of the earth, and – I mean, I get the the earth part, but, you know, oh, we're, you know, the no borders and blah, 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 you know. And so, yeah, I mean, they certainly got that. So we've we've seen that um, there. And then, um, where's my list? Because I was flipping through a few things. And then the students, uh, yeah, put party lines in textbooks, you know, soften curriculum and get control of teachers associations, yeah. And this is gang control of all student newspapers. I don't know if that's happening or not. Um, not all of them. I think that'd be pretty. I'd think that'd be pretty tough. Uh, it says you student. Uh, here we go. We're seeing this. This is this is happening now. You know, maybe not right now, but you know what I mean. It says use student riots to ferment public protest against programs or organizations that are against communist attacks. Uh, you know, and I think one of the things they want to do is I think that's why they're tearing, want to tear down these statues and rename buildings, this and that, is because they want to tear down our history because they want to fill our history up with something else. And I think, you know, the communist agenda is what they basically are like, oh, well, you've been in capitalist so bad and, you know, look how evil it is. Well, don't think, don't think about all the millions of people that died under communist and socialist regimes. And remember, the, uh, they may be the, the Nazis may have been nationalists, but they remember they're democratic socialists. Remember that. Um, so uh, it says infiltrate the press. We know that happens. I mean, God, that's so obvious now. Get control of book review agents, editorial writing, policy making positions. You know, I mean, we know that's going on. Of course, you can just watch TV anymore and see this. Gain control of key positions in radio, television, and motion pictures. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of people today who. You've heard the you've heard the term life imitating art, right? Who they watch TV, and I, I think this is purposeful with the TV and movie, where you watch something enough that might be out of the norm, but they show it enough on TV, it makes you think like it's normal, like it happens all the time. You know, you, you see that. I mean, you see that how they use TV. You know, I mean, now they got you know all these different you know shows about gay families and this and that, blah blah blah. You know, so it's like. I mean, and once again, I mean, I've got no problems. If, if a guy wants to be the guy, a girl wants to be a girl, that's that's fine. I don't care. It's when you get other people like children involved. And I'm not saying in any type of acts or anything. Um, but I'm talking about like, you know, just families. I mean, I still believe that, uh, you know, a family should constitute a man and a woman. I, I mean, I, I still be, I, I believe that. You know, I think that's the, you know, the most natural way for a child to be raised. Um, I think that's the, you know, the best. Part, but yeah, I mean, we're certainly seeing. See, so that's already that's already done. So many things you could see. All right, we're already there. We've been there, done that, and you know, it's, in some cases, getting worse. 
says, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell, and this is just a side note, says an American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculptures from parks and buildings and substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. You know that new art crap, which I don't, I'm, I don't see. I like to call it art. I mean, and I don't know. I'm saying they're, but, but I, like I had another guy who was this. He said that, but someone said they they want to get rid of statues. And I think someone said this on one of our previous shows. They want to get rid of statues and replace it with plaques. Let's get rid of the statues, people, and just put plaques to commemorate a, an historic event or an historic marker or something of that nature. No, you know, so no, no more of that. So again. We see that. Um, control of art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugly, meaningless, repulsive art. Okay, I don't give a that. Um, so we definitely, you know, have seen those. And let's see, moving down uh, the list here. Um, I don't want to get through these because for people to kind of, you know, see what they are. I mean, you've got an idea, but I actually see them here. It says, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and violating a free speech and free press. Um, I, I really don't. And, and Susan, I wish Cindy was here. Um, so maybe she could, she can help with this uh, portion or maybe John or anyone out there, like either in the chat or you want to call us uh, and give us your opinion at three, four, seven, nine, four, five, seven, four, two, eight. Because I mean, I really, I, I don't really know a perspective. This is, this is coming through or not. I don't know to be honest where, uh, it matters, really. Um, and that is, it says, uh, I lost it. Where is that? Oh, yeah, again, I'll say, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and violating a free speech and free press. I, I don't know how that, uh, the other things, of course, but I don't know. Maybe someone can help me with this. And Susan, maybe you can help me with this. Or just sit some in the chat, talk some. How does this advance the communist agenda? That's one thing I do have a problem with. I'm like, how, how would that how would that advance the communist agenda? What do you think, Susan? Okay, how would what advance? What's that? I'm sorry. What did you say would advance the communist agenda? Well, it says I mean, because this is the communist goals. And of course, these goals are to uh, promote, right? Uh, promote communism, right? To get communism, you know. And it says eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and violations of free speech and free press. I guess of you know by, I don't know, you know, pro, you know, let's say making, uh. But let's let's just say making prostitution legal, for instance. Let's let's use that as an because right now there's laws in most you know most places, you know except the uh, I don't know place in Nevada, Reno I think, um, in Nevada where you know let's say they want you know legalizing prostitution for instance. How would how does that how would that advance communism? I mean that I don't see. I mean why that be one of their goals? I don't understand why uh, that would be. Uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, how would how would doing that advance? How would legalizing prostitution, for instance, advance communism? Ah, hmm. uh, well, I I, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I mean, there's, there's. I mean, that sounds more libertarian than it would be uh, right. communist, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, it, I mean, it could even be more capitalistic, right? I mean, the money, you tax it, you know, regulate it. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess some prostitutes pay taxes. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe they don't. Maybe they do. I remember. Well, if you regulate and tax it, well, I don't know how Reno does it. Reno, I mean, Reno has to do it. That's legal in Reno. Yes, it is. Uh, so I guess it just has to be a state thing, really, in all honesty. Those are things that I guess, like, like Nevada, each state has to make its own decision, each city maybe, as to whether they allow it or not. And that way it doesn't come on, give the federal government the power. There's a lot of things that you have to give the power to the state, really, in all honesty. And that's what Rand Paul and a lot of them believe, too, that. It's a state that should make your mind up on these things. So you go into one state where there's prostitution, you go to the next one, and there isn't any. Right. No, no, I'm not saying you should have a brothel next to a grade school or something like that. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> no, you know, I think I there know. should be. Yeah, you know, I think there should be laws. I think there should be laws against that. You know, and but, but even let, let's say they don't. Let's say they say, yeah, it's okay to have a. I let it's okay to have a brothel next to a grade school. Yeah, who cares? You know, let's not have a law against that. I still, I mean, not that I agree with that. Obviously, you don't. But I don't see where that would advance. Don't see where that would advance communism. But anyway, we'll we won't belabor that point. But um, and it says here, uh, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting. This kind of goes the same thing. Uh, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Uh, you know, promote. I, I don't know. The Playboy Channel on cable. Who cares? I just don't see where that promotes communism. And I said, maybe someone, you know, of, a, of the more religious leanings, because you guys know where I stand on that, but uh, maybe somebody who's of a more, you know, and I didn't know the United States was based off Judeo Christian values, things of that nature. But I have that uh, communism. But we do have John wanting to chime in, so maybe John can give us an answer on that. Uh, thank you very much, Sean, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Robert. I'm not sure I got much of an answer for you. I think it's all a matter of perspective, and I've heard now take you know like anything I say with a grain of salt, it's just my opinion, but I've heard it depends on who's in control of the brothels and the pimps and stuff because for example. I don't know the details, but somehow ISIS makes a whole lot of money off of prostitutes because they can guarantee that the women get top dollar, and they kind of manage them. And whenever you manage them from that standpoint and you make sure that they're clientele, I mean, when you are overrunning a country, as ISIS does, and you're protecting all of the, uh, I don't know what you call the prostitutes or whatever, then maybe you can demand a higher amount of money, and as long as all that money's filtering through ISIS that way, you're actually aiding and abetting them. I'm not sure. And if you're a communist and you are, you know, managing and overseeing all that stuff, it's just like in our country today. If you continue to spend your money at, at companies who are antithetical to your belief system, then you're aiding and abetting your opposition. 
that I don't know if that's exactly what they meant, but that's just what come to my mind. Back to you. Sure, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe if they have like state-run brothels or something like that, you know, and that you know helps fund the government or something. I don't know. But I think another one that kind of goes to, uh, you know, kind of goes hand in hand uh, is also, um, let's see, the the next one with that. um, And it says, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Uh, And and the next ones I can kind of see why, but we'll do this one. So, you know, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Now, those of you who listen to the archive, uh, and you've got some answers to this, uh, go ahead and send me a message uh, on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Just send me a message there from the contact page, and and I'll I'll read those off on air uh, next week. Uh, But anyway, uh, I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't. I just don't see where that. Again, uh, it does anything to promote communism. But anyway, so now the next one I, I, I can see uh, that could, and I'll explain why. Uh, even with my perspective, it says infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Uh, discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Now, I, I do agree that by getting rid of religion and making the state uh, the person, organization, whatever you want to call it, uh, that the people go to for solace or, or need or what, or what have you, uh, that, that I can see that. So basically, in, in their, their worldview, is the state is replacing a deity, right, in their eyes. Uh, and so I could see where getting rid of uh, a power higher than the state can, you know, keep them, you know, from, you know, because of, of the state is the be-all, end-all. There's, you know, there's probably even less chance of any type of rebellion or anything of that nature because there's, there's no higher, you know, uh, authority. There's no higher calling or whatever. Uh, that can, that is higher than than the state. So I mean, I could see where where that one uh, would be, um, you know, a, logical in them doing that. And and you could see that. I mean, they already trying to do that. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, even though I'm not a believer, I I, I do disagree with, uh, for instance, them taking, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments out of you know out of uh, or off of grounds of a judiciary, you know, or a courthouse or something like that. I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, those are which the laws of the United States are based in a lot of ways. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with taking down those 10, the 10 commands, things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, I mean, these also, a couple of these others go in as well. It says, uh, eliminate prayer or any phrase of religious expression in the schools or on the grounds that violates the principle – a separation of church and state. I actually heard on the radio the other day uh, where the coach who they fired him uh, because he went into the middle of the field and was praying. And I think, I don't remember what city it was, but they passed legislation that anyone who works for the government, gosh, I, I need to do more research. Somebody who's got time, if they were to do that, send me some information. But I heard it says, 
basically they said anyone who works for the government can you know cannot at least while they're doing something in the uh, during work. So let's say if you're a coach, you can't go out in the field and pray. Uh, if you are in uh, maybe at lunch with coworkers, you can't pray in front of your coworkers, you know, uh, or if you you can't pray before your meal, uh, before you get fired, this guy, this coach went out and, you know, by himself, you know, prayed in the middle of the field, did a little prayer and they fired him. And so now, you know, because there's this, now that they're to throw about this law, maybe they even passed where if you are a government worker, you cannot show any type of ways of, of prayer while you're, you know, while you're on the clock, so to speak, or doing something that's uh, related to a uh, a work event if you work for the government. So let's say you're at a, a company, not company, but let's say you're at a picnic or something, I guess, you know. You know but I mean, and, and that, again, I think that kind of ties into our, our, our last one. Um, plus, I think it's a way of, of, of I don't want to go as far as to say mind control, uh, but they are trying to, you know, control the way people, you know, are with their beliefs, which I don't agree with. I mean, because, I mean, that helps me just as much as it helps anyone else, you know, when it comes to, you know, being able to. And, and the whole church, separation of church and state thing, that's that, the, all that is, and I can't believe how, how simple it is and how many times people screw it up, uh, especially on the left, is like, it, it's it's not, you know freedom from religion it's freedom from a state run or making you join or be a part of a state run religion you know things of that nature you know that's that's what you know the intention of separation of church and state is um you don't have the government and the hand in hand when it comes to governing or making laws for that instance or, or setting out punishments uh like like you have in sharia you know sharia law uh, that that's what they uh, the separation of church. Not, not, ain't that ironic that you know they think sure you know it's okay for there to be church and state with with us, but then when it comes to Sharia law, which basically you know state and the religion coming together to uh, put out laws and, and even and even punishment, and they they seem to be it's it's okay with that. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Um. Care if I pipe in? Oh no, go ahead. Um, I'm not sure I know all the details, but I I think Kelly Shackelford was the attorney that helped oversee that, taking it to the Supreme Court. And really, it the sad part of it is, in my humble opinion, when you think about religion, the top, the actual definition. I'm not sure what the actual definition is of what religion is, but is is really what your values, morals, ethics, and principles are. So every way of life, every lifestyle is its own religion. And we just create labels, and you're a Baptist, or you're a Pentecostal, or you're a Catholic, or you're an atheist, or you're an agnostic, or you're a secularist. They're all religions. So if you're eliminating somebody from expressing their own personal values, ethics, morals, and principles then you're actually creating a favoritism towards the other religions that, or the other lifestyles, belief systems that you do allow. Because if you're a secularist, you still have values, principles, ethics, and morals. 
that could be const- that is construed. I don't remember what the case law was. There is a case on the books in the Supreme Court that said atheism is a religion. And so, therefore, by telling anybody that they can't exercise their free right to express their values, principles, and ethics while they're at work or wherever, no matter what their class, you know, whether it be for government or whatever, then you're enforcing all the other religions that you do not um, say they can't express themselves. So for them to say they can take all this stuff down for the Ten Commandments or stuff or whatnot, then they're saying that the secular and agnostic religion are the dominant religions and show favoritism to them. That's just, you know, my particular perspective is that, hey, we're always going to have different people believing different things because we all have our own independence in determining what our values, principles, ethics, and morals are. And if you want to, you know, play favorites to that stuff, it's not an easy juggle no matter what. And at the same time, you just like what you were saying, you can't, it's not expression or the, you know, like they're trying to deny you the right to express yourself. They're tr- the, the original idea, or even just breaking it down today, even if there wasn't a Declaration of Independence or a Constitution, just think about it from a just common sense, rubber meets a road, personal standpoint. All of us are human beings. We all have our own beliefs, values, and ethics, and whatnot, and nobody else has a right to dictate to us. Now, they can talk to me and try to influence me to change my mind, and I have. I mean, if you looked at my life as a young kid and growing up and through high school and stuff like that, you, you'd be surprised that I even believe what I believe today. But the reality is, is that's every one of us have our own values, morals, ethics, and belief system, and we're going to think them and act upon them within reason based on the situation we're in. And if the laws and rules try to alienate or marginalize or um, prohibit certain people from feeling free, that's why you have the people that are gay and and um, gender and stuff all up in arms. Well, um, to me, what we do through government and what we believe in our personal life about how things should be are two different things. Because in the government, it's what we do as a collective. That's how we determine how to interact with each other and how to relate with each other and how to treat each other. But my personal life can be, I can be whatever I want it to be. It's just food for thought. Because too many times we think of all of our personal ideas as if that's something that has to be done in government. Well, I I don't think that Everything in government has to revolve around what I think is right personally. It's all a matter of what we can, as a collective, mutually agree to accept that we'll hold ourselves in true obedience to, because the only true humane and human government is that of consent. When those of us who choose to voluntarily hold ourselves in true obedience to rules, laws, processes, and procedures of governing that we, you know, um, oblige ourselves to otherwise each other to do stuff force begets force and you're just asking for a beat down at some point back to you and Susan uh, would you like to make any comment on those um no I, he, he did a good job and he always does he's 
Don, you're very interesting. Well, we've got some more here, and then we'll get to our, our Docker conversation. I had an idea, um, so maybe I'll just run through these, and we can just be like, yep, yep, we see that, or, or no. Um, so, because, I mean, there's still a bunch. It's, and then we'll go by uh, some of these I've said, as we've already seen. Discredit the American Constitution, call an old-fashioned, inadequate, out of step with modern needs and hindrance to the cooperation with all nations on a worldwide basis. We've seen that. Discredit the, the American fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. And, of course, now they were just all racist, bigots, you know, and things of that nature. Uh, belittle all mm-hmm. forms of American culture by discouraging teaching of American history on the grounds that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. To support any social movement, to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, social agencies, Welfare programs, mental health, we've seen that. Eliminate all laws which interfere with the communist apparatus. Eliminate the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Uh, discredit and eventually dismantle the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You know what? I think they're trying to do that from within. Maybe the Comey's part of that. I don't know. But anyway, that might be a stretch. But to infiltrate and gain control of big business. Transfer some of the powers from the police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, uh, which no one but the psychiatrist can understand or treat. Dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. I, I do see that one coming, and I, I wish we had more time to go over that one, but I do see that coming, and maybe that could, that could probably be a whole show, just that one in and of itself. Discredit the family as an institution, and I do agree that they're trying to do that, uh, especially, you know, as I said, I mean, I might get a lot of slack for this, but I, I, I do have, you know, a problem with, with, with same-sex families just for the fact that, you know, I think a child be raised by a man and a woman. I, I really I really see that. I'm going to get a lot of slack for that, but, I mean, I, I, I can't help myself. But anyway, uh, it says, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Yeah, you know that's happening. Uh, trying to make it more that we're raised by the teachers more than the student, uh, the parents. Uh, attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppress influence of parents. So I'll tell you what, I mean, that's why I think all that ADHD and trying to give kids drugs and stuff like that, I think that's part of it. It says create the impression. That's why I don't even trust vaccines anymore. I mean, I used to be a, a, an advocate of vaccines, but now that it seems like they try to push them, I don't know how much I – I trust them. When you have to push things, it's less trustful. It's like, why do you feel like you have to push it? It says, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition, that students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, and social problems, overthrow all colonial governments before native populations are already for self-governing, internationalize the Panama Canal. President Carter did this, I think it was 1982 says, repeal the Connolly reservations. The United States cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdictions over nations and individuals. And I'd like to cover that one more uh, when we have time. But at this point, I do want to move into our next discussion. Uh, and, but first, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together 
to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com and as well as, of course, going to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Now, of course, the second uh, section we're going to is uh, the right way to do DACA. And as you know, uh, as we stated some earlier, and I want to make some more comment on it, uh, Susan, is to go ahead and – you know, you know, tell us more of what, what your thoughts on that. I mean, I've, I've got my own, and uh, we do got a, you know, a couple of different articles uh, that, of course, uh, we could go through. And that is, of course, you can find those uh, at the www.bardslogic. We'll talk here to the newsroom, and you can get uh, the articles from there. Uh, but, you know, so far as what we've got uh, there, Susan, uh, and I know Pianchi, we don't have him in the chat anymore. Uh, that was something he wanted to talk uh about maybe he'll uh, call in later or come back later when we're talking about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, first bring it over to you, Susan. Um, well, I think I think you would find this interesting. Uh, you know, Sheriff Sunny and Cher, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> of course. Uh, she called for Americans to house illegal immigrants. Um, which is reminiscent of left-wing filmmaker Michael Moore's 215 open letter, in which called Michigan Governor Rick Snyder's ban on allowing Syrian refugees into the state disgraceful. He said, those who can must take a dreamer into their home and protect them. I'm ready to do this, and others in my business will do the same. Sanctuary. I just wanted to let you know that contrary to your declaration of denying Syrian refugees a home in our state of Michigan, I myself am going to defy your ban and offer my home in Traverse City, Michigan, to those Syrian refugees you decide to keep out, she wrote the Facebook message. Oh, dear. She has no brains. I'm sorry. But I, hey, if she wants to take in a bunch of them, I don't care. They can take in as many as they want. I just want to see the Obamas take in a bunch of them. And Michael Moore, you know. We'll we'll see if she's telling the truth on this, if she's really going to take a dreamer in and protect them. I doubt seriously that she will. But who knows? She might be stupid enough to do so. Especially if it was a Syrian guy, you know, the... They're not exactly known for their um, gentlemanly behavior. Perhaps that's how I should put it. So uh, I'm sure you decided by now that Shire is out of her mind. Because <laughs> I sure think she is. Uh, so that's really what I wanted to tell you is that there are people out there that think we should take them into our home. As if we aren't struggling enough to put food on the table and pay our bills and stuff like that. You know, it's one thing to help. Well, I mean, you know, we have vets on the street that are homeless. It's one thing that and people in the hurricane and different things like this. It's another thing to uh, 
to do what she's claiming. You know, why isn't she helping of that? Why isn't she going down to help people with the Harvey, the Hurricane Harvey? I mean, I don't know. Going to Montana and help those in the fire. <sighs> Obviously, she uh, could care less. Uh, the same thing with Hillary Clinton. I haven't heard of her donating any space and or and or helping with Harvey the one. In fact, she's try, uh, trying to sell her new book, What Happened, uh, 125 apiece in New York City, but for 2,400 you can meet her in Toronto. So she's got a lot of greed. She isn't wanting to help anyone. A lot of these people have a lot of greed. They don't want to help anyone. They really don't. When they do, it's got to be this big grand gesture that calls attention to them to get reelected or do something. I don't think that way with Trump. I'm just saying that, or with Rand Paul when he went and helped people with glasses and different things in countries he goes. I'm saying that a lot of them, they don't even help, like Hillary or whatever. You know, it's just, it's very sad. So that's my side of it. I just think the whole thing's a mess. I hate it. And Merkel, by the way, she has an open-door policy. It could cost her the German chancellorship. I hope it does. I don't know if they'll be smart enough to get rid of her, though. I really don't. <laughs> well, you know, and that's kind of like the, the, the people here. I mean, I mean, the people want the change. They want to clean the swamp or drain the swamp. But when, in order to do that, we're going to have to primary the people out. We're going to have to primary them out. And I think, you know, this, and I don't want to say it's our last chance. I never want to say that. But, you know, I do say, I do want to say that, you know, right now this is the best chance we've had in a long time, uh, you know, to, to be able to do that. I mean, I've been up in a long time. <laughs> I'm talking at least 40 years probably. Uh, that we've had the had this opportunity for us to really get a lot of, you know, a wave of grassroots people in there. I really do. Um, and if, if Trump would just get the frick away from the, uh, I mean, he does. I mean, he, there are some things he's. I'm, I'm not happy about. I don't like what, uh, some of the people he's got himself surrounded with. You know, I just, I just don't. Well, here's a, and here's an example. Um, let's see if I got that um, this article. And you know, I, I let's see. I don't even want to play it, because, but it, I think it's an example of, of what I'm talking about here. Um, oh, bear with me, folks. Sorry about the silence. I'm just trying to find uh, this article that I had. Uh, you know, basically it was about draining the swamp, and it was about a compromise, unfortunately, uh, that Trump was talking about. Um, you know, he was sitting down with uh, Pelosi and Schumer, and I thought it was on the Bar's Logical web, uh, website on the newsroom page, but let me, um, let me see. No, I guess not. I guess I've seen it somewhere else. Um, yeah, I apologize, but there is one, there is one. Uh, I guess I'll get to that another time. 
Uh, but the first one I want to like to read for you uh, that is on the uh, the web you can access to the Bart's Like Phillips website. And here's an opinion piece. Uh, that you can go to, to begin. It's about you, one of your one of our favorite people, especially you, uh, Susan. And it's McCain. We can't end DACA now. Says I realize. Like, now this said this is an opinion piece, but it does have some quotes from him. He says I realize he's in DGAF mode now, which I really don't know what DGAF means. Um, which helps explain his voting blow up uh, the GOP health care bill in July. But this poor, uh, but this is poor strategy on Maverick's part. If he wants a dream bill to pass, it says uh, it says President Trump's decision to eliminate DACA is the wrong approach. This is a quote from McCain. It says President Trump's decision to eliminate DACA is the wrong approach to immigration policy at a time when both sides of the aisle need to come together to reform our broken immigration system and secure the border. I strongly believe that children who are illegally brought into this country through no fault of their own should not be forced to return to a country they do not know. The 800,000 innocent young people granted deferred action under DACA over the last several years are pursuing degrees, starting careers, and contributing to our communities in important ways. While I disagree with President Obama's unilateral action on this issue, I believe that rescinding DACA at this time is unacceptable, an unacceptable reversal of the promises and opportunities that have been confer, uh, conferred to these individuals. Uh, the federal government has a responsibility to defend and to secure our borders, but we must do so in a way that upholds all that is decent and exceptional about our nation. We will, we will be working with my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to devise and pass comprehensive immigration reform, which will include the DREAM Act. And that's his quote. And it goes on with the article. It says, McCain doesn't repel, uh, repel Republican voters the way Obama does, but he's in the same boat in the terms of his ostentatious support of a DREAM amnesty being more of a liability for Trump among populists than an asset. If McConnell can squeeze some sort of security concessions out of, the, out of Schumer as part of a bill to amortize dreamers, which he probably can't, but whatever, POTUS is going to have to sell that as a win to skeptical grassroots right-wingers like myself. Uh, the more their enemies come out loudly in favor of the dream bill, Obama, McCain, Flake, Pelosi, Schumer, the more they'll rebel against Trump's sales pitch. The best thing old Mav can do if he wants to make it easy or easier for Trump to sign something that's bound to disappoint populists is to keep quiet about it as much as he can. The only part of the statement that helps Trump is at the end about comprehensive immigration reform. If McCain raises expectations for a mega amnesty and then has to settle for a limited amnesty of dreamers alone, Trump could try spending that as a win for border hawks, emphasize on try. And so it says uh, Lindsey Graham's statement this morning morning is more mm-hmm. politic. If President Trump chooses to cancel the DACA program and give Congress six months to find a legislative solution, I will be supportive of such a position. I've always believed DACA was a presidential overreach. However, I equally understand the plight of the Dream Act kids 
who for all practical purposes know no country other than America. I have introduced legislation to solve this problem along with Senator Dick Durbin. I added the word Dick. Uh, Durbin. I look forward to working with President Trump and my colleagues in Congress to find a fair solution to this difficult problem. And so Graham's trying to square the circle here, knowing that populists, such as myself, like he didn't say that, I said that, will recoil, recoil from his support for a dream bill just as they would from McCain. He's pro-dream, but he's also pro-Trump, and by signaling support for Trump's decision, he smartly leaves himself in a position to be a key liaison between Trump and Congress in brokering this bill. He's staying on Trump's good side, whereas McCain, who blew up Obamacare repeal, doesn't care anymore. Unlike Maverick, Graham yet served multiple terms uh, in Senate and could be in line for a cabinet position down the line as Trump's first round of appointees eventually stepped down. Another key difference, Graham is a lawyer by trade, while McCain is not. Graham is on the record as believing that DACA is unconstitutional. Uh, which all but requires him to support this rescission. But I'm not sure McCain has ever made the same claim. He says in his statement uh, above that he disagreed with Obama's action, but McCain's always been a believer in strong executive power. He may not have felt as legally bound as Graham did to back Trump on this, even though normally they vote together on nearly everything. Per Politico, a number of senior House Republican sources believe they may be an immigration deal that would codify DACA in return for a down payment on Trump's border wall with Mexico. I assume Graham would go for that when McCain. Or would he view a standalone dream amnesty as a threat to, a, uh, as a threat to his grand dream of a border comprehensive reform bill? Once dreamers are legalized, the Republican appetite for further legislation will be sated for a long time to come. McCain will have to decide if he's willing to accept half a loaf or a quarter loaf or to reject it in hopes of getting a full loaf instead. Here's Graham's oh, – there's a video. I wish I would have had time for that, but I, I did not. Um, so for myself uh, – hello, uh, Carolyn. Welcome to the chat. appreciate you coming to the show tonight. Uh, and, yeah, so, uh, DACA. You know, I, I'm, I've got mixed thoughts on it. Uh, obviously, I think it was a constitutional overreach by Obama. I, I am certainly not now. Two things, you know, they, they brought it. They were brought over, and they were kids, and you know, now they're you know now they're here, uh, deporting them. And I, I've read some reports that the average age now they're calling these people kids, but through my understanding, the what I've read at least. The average age of these uh, these DACA people is age between age 22 and 25. That doesn't sound like a kid to me. Now they may have been children when they were brought here. Now that may be the truth. You know, the truth, you know, much younger. But the fact of the matter is, is you know, that's not the case now. Now, should we deport them? I, I got mixed thoughts because. Um, their parents are the ones who commit the crime. They're a minor uh, when they cross. One solution that I would think of is even minors in the United States do get charged, and they do go to jail. 
or they do pay fines, or they do have to do community service. What I, what I say is that perhaps, you know, say, look, you want to be able to stay here? There's got to be recompense. You know, you have to either pay a fine or, you know, you have to do some community service. Not, not, not be sentenced, so to speak, uh, with something that would be online with what you would do to an adult. But even if they are an adult, make them do something that you would give a, a, a juvenile, a juvenile for, uh, I wouldn't want to say as much punishment, but as I said, recompense. Okay, you were here. You shouldn't really be here because you got here illegally, right? Uh, but you're, you're here. You know, even citizens, yes, they commit crimes. And yet when you committed a crime, you may have you committed a crime as a minor, which if you commit a crime as a minor, it's a less penalty, right, than it is if you're an adult. And so I think that these dream these dreamers should have some kind of recompense back to society, because let's be honest, if they weren't here, where was, just, just like with, I'm going to backtrack a little, not backtrack, but I'm going to diverge a little bit. It's just like with this whole notion of uh, of blacks saying, well, we want reparations. Are you kidding me? Your reparation is that you're here in America. Because think about it. If your ancestors weren't brought here as slaves, Guess where you're probably living right now? You're probably living in Africa. And then you need to ask yourself, where would you have rather been born? Would you have rather been born in the United States or you'd rather been born in Africa? You want, you know, so you want to talk about reparations. You're living a life much – even if you're the poorest American in the country, you're doing better than a poor person in Africa. So you, I mean, this that, that that whole deal of all we want, you know, whatever you know they're talking about. As I, I, I'm, I had a brain freeze on the term, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, um, you, you know, really. I mean, look, look where you'd be born now <laughs> if there wasn't. You know. So anyway, so that being said, the same thing I think stands for these illegal immigrants. Is that hey. You came here illegally. Yes, you came here illegally as a minor. You might have been six. You might have been eight. But if a six-year-old steals, if a, six, if a six-year-old, you know, shoplifts, there's consequences to that six-year-old, you know, stealing. You know, so I think there should be some type of consequence. I'm not saying you throw them all in jail. That would be stupid. But hey, you know what? There's plenty of dirty roads with trash on it. There's that that could be cleaned up. There's definitely things that can be swept up. There's definitely things that these kids could do, uh, you know, to to make up for it. And then once they're debt to society, and let's be honest, in my view, at least in my view, they have a debt to us. Well, what do you mean? They came here illegally. They're benefiting just for the very fact that they're in America. Whether they're getting an education, and also they're getting probably out-of-state tuition or in-state tuition when they're not even a citizen of the United States. So they are benefiting from us. So, hey, if you're, bene- you're benefiting from a crime. Now, if we want to take it to an extreme, think about this. You know, if you rob a bank, you know what I mean, and you get caught, do you think you get to keep the money from, from robbing the bank? No, you don't. And so in this case, you were you came into our country illegally, and yet you're still benefiting from your illegality. 
So you need to, you know, you need recompense. We need recompense. You need to, you know, pay your dues to society. So I think in some manner that they should. Now, should they be deported? I think that would, for one, I don't think that's, it's, I don't even think that's doable. I really don't. Um, so I think, you know, have them pay something into it. Have them do community service, uh, something of that nature. Now, the adults, let me tell you something. When you came in, yeah, I, I, those are the people I think they get deported. Sorry, bye. You know, you can get them out, you know, because or, – or they need to be or, – or, or have prison time. Those are the people I think should, should have prison time. And then totally turn off the – and then, of course, for the new ones, turn off the faucet. We're not giving any more you – know, there's no more DACA, no more DREAM Act. There's no new – I mean, even for, you know, no more applications. We're not accepting any more. Through my understanding, the ones that are still in process, uh, they're going to like you know it's going to like keep coming in and there's like even like a two year thing or something uh, that I want to get more details on, um, you know. So and then uh, Carolyn, you know, with her points is that uh, they are illegal, yeah, but their parents are responsible for bringing them here. Everyone is to blame. Why does that prove? What does that prove by doing community service? Okay, let me answer that. Um, after hearing the benefits it cost us. More money to have them here illegal and send them back. Yeah. Well, okay. What does it do by going a community service? They owe us. And I'm not saying community service where you get 40 hours with a community service. You know, it may be where you get hundreds, if not thousands of hours. Maybe you should say, hey, look, you know, you've been here, do some kind of equation. You've been here X amount of years. This is how you benefit you, you, by you being here. You benefited ten thousand dollars, more than that probably. You know, fifty thousand dollars worth of, uh, of off of benefits, whether it's because you got out of state tuition or in state tuition, whether you're on the welfare program or you're a part of a program that taxpayers paid for. Then you got to do community service equal to the dollar amount that you benefited for, or some kind of equation like that. So what it proves is that you can't you, you, you can't break a law without having a consequence. Uh, more trouble than it's worth, Carolyn states. Well, when I'm, but, but Carolyn, uh, how, how I mean, my I mean, if it's is it easier sending them back? Is it more costly? Would it be more costly sending them back? You know, what, what where would we where would we drop off these people? I don't know. I mean, there's definitely logistics. On it, what would we do with what would we do with these people? I don't know. Now, of course, I am suggesting deporting the, 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 the deporting the adults. I am suggesting that certainly. Um, and again, that would cause the same problems. Well, where would we send them? Where would they go? I don't know. That's something that they would, we'd have to figure out. And of course, you know, there probably have to be negotiations, and you know, and and, and the governments might might say, well, we're not taking them back. Well, you know. Are we going to just dump them off somewhere? I don't know. That's that's something we definitely have to to do. But there's got to be some kind of equitable, uh, you know, equitable recompense, you know, that, that that's going to benefit everybody, and you know, especially us. We're the ones that were harmed, and so I think that. It, and I could give you all, articles of people who were were part of, and I've got them. You can find them on the Bars Blog Book Talk website newsroom. I got a couple articles on there where you had. People who are benefiting from DACA that committed crimes as, as they're on the DACA program, you know. So now those are the, you know those people should definitely be deported, you know, or put in jail at the very least. 
when is there parental control? Well, well, a lot, well, as I stated earlier, Carolyn, is that a lot of these quote-unquote kids now are between the ages of 22, 25. So they're not kids anymore. They're adults. They're out in the world. They were brought here as a child. That's why, that's why you know, I suggest, well, now, but they were children when the, when the crime was committed. So their crime should reflect something that someone, a child would do because they were a child when they had that. I don't, you know, because I, I, I just don't think it, I mean, it's not, one, I think, I, I think it's fair because one, you're right. The parents did bring them over. It was their, the children's fault. I mean, it's not really like the child could said, no, I'm going to stay in Mexico, you know, or wherever they came from. The child pretty much didn't have any say in that probably. Could they said, Hey, I want to stay with them, whoever, you know, here, because I don't want to do that because it's illegal and blah, blah, blah. I guess some of them could have said that, especially the older children. But I think that because they did benefit from society, that they should do something to pay us back. Okay? Those, those types of things. I think that is what we, you know, we should do uh, for that. But I think now, but the faucet, there's no drip. The faucet needs to be completely turned off. Boom, no more DACA applications, which supposedly there's no new ones, but I would even go as far as saying, look, if, you're, if your application's in process, <clears throat> denied, <clears throat> denied, <clears throat> denied, no. If it's in process now, no. We're not going to accept it. We're going to say, no, you can't have it. And, and now, you know, because I don't even know if they're even in the, I mean, in, in the country or, or whatever. I would have to do more. But on the outset, my thought would be, no, if it's in process, you, you can't do it, um, and so that—that's what I think would be the uh, the right way to do it. Get rid of it. Uh, don't let any more new folks in, and, and make people do some kind of uh, you know recompense for it. I mean, they have to pay something that has monetary value because you know the taxpayers are, and they broke the law. I mean, what are we telling people that you know it's okay for you to break the law? And that I know, but one thing they need to end and end now, and this really doesn't have anything to do with DACA per se. This whole anchor baby stuff. No way. If, if you if you come in here and you're pregnant, you're illegal. When that baby's born, that baby's just as illegal as you are. Okay, because that that, that child that, that, that that's not a natural. For one, it's not not even a natural born, right, or whatever. Um, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's phrased get these terms get. Uh, but no, I mean this whole anchor baby thing, because then they, well, all that does is, you know, that's only used to pull on the heartstrings uh, of folks. Oh, we can't take babies out without their parents. Oh my gosh, you know, the the parent, the, parent, so the, parent, the, the kids are here, so the parents have to be with them. And then you get the argument: <clears throat> you want to put them in foster homes. And blah, 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 and that's going to cost the system. No. You take the baby, you give it to the parent and saying, bye, you're gone, you're out. You know, you need to go back. You know, we can't just, you know, or what are we going to do? Are we going to create massive, uh, we have to send them back, either that or, you want to talk about paying the money, you know, then what are we going to do? You know, just create huge uh, detention areas where it's all it is is detaining and, and jailing illegal immigrants, and that, that's where they live to uh, the, for, for their term of their crime before they're let back into the uh, 
society, of course, during that time they're incarcerated, maybe they should work on getting uh, citizenship. There, <clears throat> maybe you know, hey, there isn't something that's going to cost a ton of money, so I, I really don't think it's a great idea. It's fine. Let's just incarcerate. If we're going to send them back, well, we'll keep them in America. Fine. They got to stay in. They have to stay in this uh, detention. Okay, the cell, prison, whatever you want to call it, until they get legal citizenship, until they go through the process of getting legal uh, citizenship. And then once they get their citizenship, we'll leave them out. We'll have a juvenile area, and then we'll have a I – mean, I don't really support this, but I'm just throwing this out there. You know, and, the, and then you have you know, a juvenile area, and you have the, the prison for adults, and they'll have see mommy and daddy time or whatever. You know? I mean, that's kind of extreme. I really don't think that's a good idea. But for the people who say, well, we can't send them back, they got to be here. Well, fine, we're going to be here. They need to be punished in some way. They broke the law. You know, if I'm breaking laws, you know, certainly they're not going to, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 yeah, whatever. You get a defense attorney, and then you go from there. But anyway, I, I, uh, I'll step off my soapbox for a few minutes and, and give uh, John an opportunity here uh, to state your mind on it. And then uh, to you, Susan. Go ahead, John. Well, I really appreciate what you, John, and uh, Miss Susan are sharing in this regards. It's a very deep and broad issue, and it's very, very sensitive and important. I mean, naturally, we want to care about everybody. Another part of the story that I think gets lost a lot of times when you look at it from the standpoint of what we do through our government, are we going to allow people to use our government as a personal piggy bank because think about it we're 20 trillion dollars in debt and we have enough things already continuing to add to the debt all the time and they're talking about raising the debt ceiling just like you mentioned earlier robert so we Mm -hmm. have all these illegal and legal immigrants you know criminal aliens they come in and all of this free food transportation housing education medical health care expenses, legal lawyer assistance expenses, job research expenses they get for X number of months when they first get here. And then a lot of these churches get a kickback percentage of part of that in order to help settle them if they fall under the refugee program. But the legal United States citizen, the forgotten man, they get thrown under the bus. You know, we have this $20 trillion debt, the labor Participation rates roughly around 62, 63%. It's terrible. 90 or over 90 million people in our country are on some form of social welfare, food stamps, SNAP, unemployment, TANF. They get Pell grants, subsidies, or you know, credits, grants, and stuff through our tax system, and that's another form of expense. And so these people are also adding to the debt and they are legal united states citizens but see the sad part of it is is they're left out of self-governing and being a free person in order to self-determine where's their right to mutual assent in the rules laws processes and procedures of governing because all this stuff affects their quality of life and they deserve to have a quality of life worth living and many of these people if you think back in 2008-2009 things were falling apart and some, a lot of it started with the these companies had already outsourced many of these jobs to these foreign nations, and people started having trouble financially, 
and then they were dipping into their savings, their pensions, their retirements, just to try to save their house and their mortgage. Well, then those started bailing up. And then we had all this big mortgage problem, and the bank started filling it. Well, the people that were in those houses and stuff, they had a good-paying job, but it was not their fault that their company decided to outsource their jobs. These, and these people reached into their savings and their you know, 401Ks, retirement and pension plans, trying to save their house, and then they cannot force employers to hire them they are lucky if they get an interview. And if you've already got so many companies outsourcing their jobs to these foreign nations, now you've got illegal United States citizens who don't get representation in their government. They're left as legislative slaves, and they get represented like a pimp represents a prostitute. Now they're on financial straits. Their, their government doesn't seem to care about their quality of life and whether they have a life worth living. So, therefore, they let the judicial system rape and pillage them to the point that they are run out of their house. They no longer have a decent standard of living or a lifestyle worth living for. Now they're in poverty or on unemployment, and they're adding to the debt now. Well, these big businesses and stuff, like the banks got their bail out, the auto industry got their bail out. Now with Obamacare, the insurance industry is getting their bail out, and so all those particular entities affect the rich people. All of the rich people own those entities, just like the rich own the Federal Reserve. So they worked it out with the congressmen to get these loopholes to make sure that they get protection. It's, it's socialism. Whenever there's a gain, they get to keep and privatize the gains. I mean, it's privatization whenever there's a gain, so they get to keep the gains to themselves. When it's a loss, they get to socialize the loss and use bankruptcy laws for businesses or whatnot or other, you know, too big to fail, so the government bank bails them out because so, they got connections there. But the lower income, less, you know, more like they get run through the doggone judicial system and the, the creditors that they own, they get to use the personal bankruptcy. They don't have two levels of bankruptcy, you know, where company owners and CEOs and the executives of these big corporations, they, they can use the, the business as a special way to cloak themselves and hide their private um, um, personal assets and stuff from being able to be pulled away because first and foremost they can exercise business bankruptcy to protect their private issues and then but the the employee does only gets the private personal bankruptcy laws to help protect them but then the, the employee gets you know the company outsources their job to these foreign countries the employee gets financially strapped and is trying to hold on to their house. They use up all their pension and their um, retirement and savings and everything to hold their house, and they can't force companies to hire them, so they continue to look for a job, and then next thing you know, they're out on the streets. They're trying to draw unemployment or some kind of uh, benefit, so they're a cost to the system. And then these um, petitions they all say, oh, it's not the DACA children's fault that they're in this situation because their family, daddies and mamas brought them over here. Well, it wasn't the United States citizen who's, you know, part of this 90-plus million that's on uh, on Yeah, my kids and grandkids are, yeah, it's not their fault for uh, the it's debt that the government's put up. It's not their fault the company outsourced up. their job to other companies, 
but the, but the but the politician is willing to allow the judicial system to run roughshod over those legal United States citizens and steal all of their wealth and their value and put them in poverty and in the streets as homeless veterans or homeless whoever. But these DACA children, oh no, we can't let them struggle and whatnot. I'm like, that's the hypocrisy of this whole thing about everything that's going on in our government. And these executive business owners and CEOs and stuff and the um, politicians, they don't uphold the Constitution. They just use the government as a weapon to protect themselves from ever being in a position to have to go bankrupt and live like a you know, homeless bum themselves out on the street. But the regular employee, they can't because you know, they don't have the opportunity to have their – uh, spend money big enough to with the politicians to get favor, whereas the big corporations, these executives and these um, owners of these big corporations, they'll spend big money to convince the companies that, hey, we've got to put a law in there to let us use visas, H-1Bs and eb 5 so we can bring these India people over here and make the Sony people train their employees, and then we'll replace them at half the cost, and then we'll be mm-hmm. able to... But that's that's the hypocrisy that drives me crazy about this whole thing, you know. I mean, yeah, we want to love people and care about them, but our congressmen and senators and president, well, I don't know about Trump. I'm going to give him a little more opportunity to prove himself, but I hope everybody, if you're listening to this conversation and you think I've hit a nerve with you, Please call in 347-945-7428 and share your perspective because you've probably got your own unique situation. I'm just observing this situation because I'm not, I'm not falling in many of these issues. But I have extended fa- uh, friends and family members who have gone through this, and my heart aches for them, even if they are Democrats or, or homosexual, and I, I don't believe in that stuff. But at the same time, they're still human beings, and I care about them, and I love them. And you probably have no issues or different um, angles on this issue to bring light to it. And you need to have your voice heard so we can all learn from you, too. So don't hesitate to give us a call. And also or, or call Robert at this uh, 347-945-7428 and get involved. But also, if this is something that you can't repeat yourself when you call your congressman, I mean, I call the congressman and the senators and stuff, and so many times they allow you only leave one-minute or two-minute messages. Or if you get to talk with a staffer, they only give you five minutes. You don't get to fully explain yourself and really make the point come across, and they treat you as if you're, you know, like they'd rather not be talking to you and trying to get you off the phone and whatnot. But I still keep calling. Well, if you don't feel comfortable saying certain things or you feel like you're being railroaded by your senators and stuff, if it's okay with Robert, give him a link to this particular show and tell him, hey, listen to this conversation because we feel that way and we may not be able to express ourselves in that way, but you need to start respecting our article, you know, constitutional rights. Article 4, Section 2, all of the citizens of the several states get the same privileges and immunities, and you are depriving us of our privilege of due process of law where you get good faith negotiations, you know, of the right to mutuality of agreement in the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of governing because 
if you aren't determining your burdens and encumbrances of the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of governing, then somebody else is your master and you're the slave. You've been relegated to a legislative slave where they are representing you like a pimp represents a prostitute. So just get on this call. Let us know your story or use this link to this show to tell your congressman and your senator and other people to get involved and to le- and let's all learn from each other and take back America and solidify the founding that our country was founded on and take it to the real promise of the spirit of what our country was founded on, that all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among them are the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness includes the freedom of contract, freedom of association, of freedom of conscience, and we know governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Just powers, just the powers that we, the governed, decide that they can exercise. And, oh, man, I could go for this. But anyway, I don't want to hog the time, but I'm just trying to send out my love and everybody get involved. Back to you, Robert. And since uh, Carolyn here... uh... Uh, chatting with us, uh, she's agreeing wholeheartedly with you, John. And uh, and, and I've, I'm seeing this more and more as well, Carolyn. Uh, and and, and it's, you know, it's just, there's more and more jobs that are now requiring or hiring uh, bilingual, and of course, you know, English and, and Spanish. Uh, and they don't really consider you unless you're various languages. Now, I, I haven't seen that, but I know what's happening. Uh, I'm sure a lot of it depends on where you live. Uh, I don't have a real high. Uh, Hispanic uh, percentage where I live, so it's, it's not as much of a priority. Uh, but one thing, two th- one thing, two things drive me nuts. One is that uh, I hate when they're like, when you're on the line, uh, like you call customer service, like for one, push English, for two, press for Spanish, press two. Like no, no. Look, it should automatically be English unless you know you say if you want Spanish, push two. Give them the opportunity, but if, it, if they don't push two, then you know what? It's going to be English. Deal with it. And two, my daughter's grade school, when they offered a language in grade school, well, they didn't offer it. You just took it. It was Spanish. They didn't give any offering. They didn't say, hey, do you want to pick between – even if it was just two languages. It wasn't like, here, here's a language class you're taking, and you're going to take Spanish. You know, So it's like, well, how about saying, how about you got an option, Spanish and Latin? You know, you know but, but there wasn't. You know, or, Hey, how about this, Spanish and Gaelic, you know? Uh, but no, it was just Spanish. I mean, it just said, I'm get off my, my soapbox, but that, that does, that drives me crazy on that. And, and you, we are close to the top of the hour. So, Carolyn, I'd really like to hear you, uh, and I do appreciate you being on chat, but, of course, I'd like to hear your voice as well. But anyone else, else out there wants to listen to the extended period or what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, so even if you only have uh, want to listen, uh, that's fine. But if you do not do it in the next uh, five minutes, unfortunately, uh, you will not be able to listen to or participate in uh, the next hour of the show, uh, barring uh, we give the full hour. Uh, but give us a call. Yes, 347-945-7428. Uh, and so let's go ahead and uh, bring some thoughts over to you, Susan, on, on Kelly. And then we do, uh, we'll continue with this uh, for a little more. I do have uh, some articles I at least want to refer to uh, that you can get at the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Definitely consider subscribing uh, to the page or going to Facebook and liking us on Facebook uh, as well. And you can also follow the show here on Blog Talk Radio 
uh, as well as look for us on uh, iTunes. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to, uh, to you, Susan. I've got uh, some background uh, work I need to do, so go ahead. Um, there was a young man, Josh Wilkerson, <clears throat> was assaulted and murdered by a dreamer. And this was in 2010. And the mother has recently spoke out what she thinks of the ACA doctor, I guess you know. Um, he gave a ride to this young man, Hermilio Morales. Uh, he'd done it before, and so he had no reason to obviously say no. And on the stand in court, the young man hit, hit Josh in the nose so hard it would blind him. He kicked him in the stomach. Um, he, uh, his liver was sliced into his spine, sliced into his spleen was ruptured. He took a closet rod and beat him over the head so I had broken four pieces. He, then he strangled him and set him on fire. Anyway, she says she'll never get her son back. And, uh, she said it's going to be a long process. I don't think they should be allowed any extras like in state tuition. Um, she doesn't understand why there's a holding off on implementation, implementation, but she said they need to go home. She is compassionate. She said it's a human issue. You're looking at a three-year-old kid in the face and it's crying, Mommy can't come home. My question is just your mommy should take you. That is the issue uh, is that taking them with you, you say, you know, we tried to do this and for which we did for a while, but I made a mistake, and the consequences are we're going home to make a life where we came from, where her separation is permanent, you know, from the, because he was murdered. And uh, I, it's, I don't think every dreamer uh, is a murderer, like that young man that is helping in the Hurricane uh, Harvey stuff. I don't think they all are. But we have our own criminals. We have our own situations. Why do you bring more that could turn into that and cause more grief um, like happened there? And that was under Obama that this happened. Um, so I feel bad for her. I mean, I mean, I can see she's actually feeling bad for some of the little ones like that. But, you know, she, she also is feeling bad because she's so separated from her son forever and ever because of this and, uh, you know, on this earth anyway. Uh, so I, I read it and I was like, oh, you know, uh, and it makes me feel bad that we, we're letting people in that some of them are murderers and rapists and stuff like that. Well, like I said, we have our own that are citizens that are here that are that way. So we don't need to have extras especially people that don't have jobs and we have all that, you, you can't. Like I said, I feel bad for someone like that young man that, um, you know, I do. I feel bad for him. But you make one exception, someone else is going to holler. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? So that's my take on this. Okay, well, uh, what, uh, oh, and we've got uh, Carolyn uh, leaving the chat, and she will uh, listen to the podcast. We do appreciate uh, that, as well as 
uh, you out there who are uh, listening as well uh, to the podcast. Uh, we want to thank you there. And so, yes, definitely if you're on the call now, don't let the call drop or we'll unfortunately uh, miss you. Now, our, our great in the great state of Ohio, which did vote for Trump, our uh, governor, Governor Kachik, if you remember, ran against uh, President Trump, uh, which he's from my own state, nor did I support him. Uh, no, actually, in the primary, full disclosure, I did not vote in the Republican primary. <laughs> um, actually, I voted in the Green Party primary because uh, I was able to, by doing so, uh, be at, a, uh, at their state convention here in Ohio. For those who voted uh, a number of times in, in their primaries, uh, got to go to the state convention and be part of their meetings on their platform. And I wanted to at least be in attendance and maybe put some uh, conservative uh, thoughts out there while they were considering their platform uh, for their election. So I, I voted Green uh, Green Party primary last time. Uh, so, but you know, you know, Trump uh, Trump got Ohio <laughs> uh, anyway. But anyway, we've got our Kasich, who's actually said this. This drives me nuts, and I'm. I'm I, I really, you know what, maybe since he's my governor, maybe he'll actually come in the show and explain himself. Doubtfully, but uh, anyway, it says, uh, you know, it's Ohio, basically it says we're putting, young kid, we're putting kids, young people in jeopardy. This is not the America that we all love. This is a melting pot. Well, when he's going to realize he's become more like a salad bowl. Anyway, it says, Kasich said, if dreamers want to go somewhere and live, come to Ohio. We want all the immigrants to come to Ohio. We know how much immigrants contribute. You know, hey, you were in Bard's Logic after dark, so I could say this. Hey, Kasich, screw you. You know, don't, don't tell people what we want. You're one person. You are one person, you know, who, how dare you speak for me? I think this goes along with what, you're, what you need to talk about, John. You don't, Kasich, do not speak for me. Okay, now you probably won't come on the show because if he listens here, I said screw you. He might not. I probably should have said that. But anyway, that's my initial feeling because I'm like, don't talk for me. Don't say we want you here. I, let me tell you something. I do not want you here. For, for illegals listening, I don't want you in my state of Ohio. I don't want you here. You know, most of the people I know don't want you here. Don't come here. Don't feel like you're going to come here and be comfortable because you're not. We don't want you, you know, so there. <laughs> but seriously, um, you know, and so uh, Kasich also said it should take like six hours uh, to pass a legislative fix to protect DACA recipients and added that Trump has created a, quote, crisis for people who are now living on the edge of their seats, saying, what am I supposed to do? He added that DACA recipients should have permanent resident status and they ought to stay and be able to contribute. Uh, and then, of course, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel on Tuesday also told DACA recipients they uh, would have nothing to worry about in the city, even declaring Chicago schools as Trump-free zones. Uh, to all the dreamers that are here in this room and in the city of Chicago, you are welcome in the city of Chicago. This is your home, and you have nothing to worry about, Emanuel reportedly said. You know, so for one case, don't spit, don't even presume that you can speak for me because I do not want them in my state. I, I you don't. Uh, it looks like uh, Susan looks like you got to go as well, uh, but you're still on the line. So why don't we go ahead and offer the opportunity to uh, 
to give your final thoughts on uh, at least the, the first two topics that we discussed. Oh, well, we've discussed a lot of topics, but <laughs> I liked what yeah, you said. <laughs> this screws through you. <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah, it's after dark, so I guess you're okay to do it. But it surely, those words fit many a person. <laughs> you feel like saying it to McCain and a lot of people like that. No, I don't like your governor. I'm sorry. I don't like him. He's, uh, Even if I would have voted for him, I wouldn't have voted for him. Chris Christie and, and John Kasich. Oh, almighty. So, uh, I've never kicked yeah. yeah. What? I, I was never uh, um, oh, Who's the other guy you mentioned Besides Casey? Chris Christie Chris Christie. I was Kasich. never a Krispy Kreme I mean Chris Christie fan either <laughs> You're bad <laughs> But uh, yes I have heard him Referred on that many times And if they want Immigrants and they want this And they want that By all means let them Well no I can't say that Because <laughs> you, you live there I'm the one so uh, I guess you really can't if you don't support it. But, you know, I mean, let them take them into their mm-hmm. home. Let them do this stuff because I I can't – I have to stand with the Constitution. That's why I say I don't stand really with a party. I stand with the Constitution. And when you're breaking the law and you're coming in, I know it's sad. It's a three-year-old or something, but, you know – the Bible says, you know, the sins of the fathers, and unfortunately in this case, it does it does come true that they broke the law, so it's going to affect the kids, sadly. It's just how life is sometimes. So, uh, anyway. But what do you think, real quick, though, I know you got to go, but uh, what, what, what's your thoughts? And I don't know if I, I got your thoughts. I'd like to get yours and John's. Uh, but, but what are your thoughts on... Uh, and anyone out there who's listening to the podcast, listen to that part. Well, my possible solution uh, to uh, what we should do with DACA and, and the people thereof, uh, definitely because supposedly there are like 800,000 people who that uh, that's being affected by it. Uh, so you out there, you send me a message from the Facebook, uh, well, Facebook too, I guess, but uh, you can also send it. Uh, to me via the contact page on the Bars Logical Little Talk website at www.barslogicallittletalk.com. I would like to get uh, your response on, on what my possible uh, solution is uh, to what we should do with the people out with Dr. But what, what, do you th- what do you think about what uh, what I was saying we should do? No, no good to me. Any solution is better than no solution. Let's say the action is what's needed. So, you know, at least we're not, you're not, Maybe Trump should hire you. <laughs> I think like he you. should. That would be great. I would love that. Believe me, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would. I mean, I would, that would be awesome. Not, of course, you know, she'd love to live in D.C., let me tell you, uh, even if, even though I'd have to look for another job in seven years. But uh, <laughs> still, yeah, you, you know, I'd like, yeah, that, that'd be great. So if anyone has connections where they can see if I can be some type of, uh, advisor to Trump policy, well, policy advisor for Trump, uh, give him a call. Have, have him, uh, his people contact. Well, I can't say my people because I don't have people. But uh, <laughs> just contact me directly. <laughs> I wear many hats. No, I, uh, I seriously, <laughs> people that are not, um, haven't been in, you know, 
these situations, sometimes they have the better ideas if they're not, you know, a, what do you call a professional politician other than random wrong call. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I mean, they have good ideas. You have good ideas, so why not? I'd like to be Speaker of the House myself. You know, rain, fire, and brimstone down on their heads. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, I really wish they'd get rid of Paul Ryan. Uh, and, you know, yeah. no, I haven't heard much. I mean, I've heard, I've heard conflicting stories or reports, I should say, that stories. Um, I, but I don't know if, um, you know, but well, on Paul Ryan's sake of what he said, I mean, I've heard some say it's reported, but I've heard some people chatting as if, um, you know, not so much or. I want him gone. Then him things slip. So, you know, Raul Labrador, Speaker of the House. No, he's going to be our next governor in Idaho. <laughs> I guess not. He's planning <laughs> on running for that. So, um, I, I guess that's out of the question. <laughs> but I, I, there's a few good ones. There's a few good ones. Dave Bratt, anybody but Paul Ryan that's even reasonably decent. So, but you can pick, they don't have to be elected officials. You can pick anybody to be Speaker of the House. That's a misconception that it has to be someone who's actually part of the elected Congress. Right. And, yeah, that's why some people are saying, hey, make Gingrich the Speaker of the House again. Uh, but people are like, yeah, well, you can't. It's like, no, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, right. It actually can be, you know, it can actually be, as you said, whoever. Uh, I'm surprised how many people don't know that. But, you know, that's what happens when you don't educate people. And don't teach him the right history and the right things in history and government classes and stuff. So, well, I'm going to say goodnight. John, you always have interesting stuff. And it's always appreciated, your comments. Miss Kelly tonight, Cindy. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen them tonight. I hope they're okay. Well, Cindy I'm worried about because she's in Florida. So, I don't know if she lives in Florida. Maybe she's uh, visiting her... Yeah, maybe she's – it's too late for me to text her, but maybe she's visiting her uh, family in Texas. Well, gosh, you, you know what? Maybe I should call her because she's got family in, in Texas. And, yeah. Oh, my God, I've been – well, I'm always busy, but <laughs> more so oh, the past I, couple weeks or so than than usual. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, she's got family in te- uh, Texas, and then she's got Florida – uh, the deal with because it looks like it's going to go right up Florida. I mean, like all the way. I got a brother lives down there, but luckily he actually has a wedding, so that's serendipitous for him. He's actually has a wedding he's got to go to in South Carolina uh, this weekend, so he's actually going to be traveling. Like they planned for a while, of course, uh, so he's actually going to be you know, traveling up there. So glad to hear that. But yeah, we'll be concerned. Good luck to, to everyone. Keep me posted. Uh, if yeah, you if I hear anything from Cindy or them, I, I, I will. Okay, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Well, you're welcome. You take care. You have a good night. And we'll, you, at that bye point, bye. I think we'll go ahead and seg- good night, Susan. We'll segue to uh, the last section, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see where this takes us, because um, this, of course, is one of my uh, you know, favorite subjects here. And so let me find – now, this is an article – uh, that I've got here from the, again, Bard's Logic Blog Talk uh, website and their 
on the newsroom page, and so you can find this article here. And this is this may turn out to be an interesting conversation for us, uh, uh, for us, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Joe. Uh, it says Pentagon. Uh, see, this is what I've talked about: uh, spending money on our, our space program. Uh, but the Pentagon will have to rely on Russian rocket engines until mid-2020. So that the U.S. Defense Department's technological or technical and funding challenges will result in Pentagon using the Russian RD-180 rocket engine until the mid-2020s, which is longer than it had initially been expected, local media reported on Monday. The U.S. Wall Street Journal news the U.S. Air Force and Pentagon leadership initially said that the replacement of the Russian engines with the U.S. domestic alternatives would be completed by 2020, which is still, you know, three years from now. But anyway, it says, however, it now turns out that the Atlas V carrier rocket with RD-180 will be used through 2024 or 2025, according to the Pentagon's rocket provider, United Launch Alliance, cited by the newspaper. The same report, citing people familiar with the matter, suggests this term might even be extended until 2028. The replacement issue is particularly important in the context of the timing of U.S. space programs, especially amid the rising tensions with Moscow, the newspaper reported. The new U.S.-built engine is reportedly expected to be fully tested by 2019 for the replacement rocker booster Vulcan to be certified for operation by 2020 or by 2023. The outlet added citing the United launch. However, the company's spokeswoman said that the missions of the current Atlas V carrier were extended to at least the mid-2020s when Vulcan would demonstrate its dependability, the publication pointed out. This period is much longer than many U.S. parliamentarians and industry officials have expected when calling on the Russian engine phase-out after Crimea joined Russia after a referendum in 2014, prompting criticism from Washington, according to the newspaper. The United States has used the the reliable and relatively cheap RD-180 designed and manufactured by NPO uh, Emergo Mosh since 2000. In 2014, U.S. lawmakers imposed limits on future RD-180 purchases, passing a law that required the U.S. to phase out the Russian-made engines in favor of domestically produced next-generation rocket propulsion systems. However, in December 2015, the U.S. Congre- Congress passed a budget that includes a provision allowing the country to continue buying the Russian RD-180 rockets. In July, Igor Amazov, CEO of Russian Energy Mash Rocket Engine Company, part of Roscosmos State Space Agency, said that the company planned to record, uh, planned the record supply of 11 RD-180s and four RD-181 rockets to the United States in 2017. And folks might be asking, well, why is that important? Well, with the geopolitical uh, environment or atmosphere, <clears throat> I think those are those terms that are actually fitting, uh, 
does get worse with Russia, how much and if we're yeah, they're getting money from us, but how much trust can we have in those materials that, you know, comprise these rockets? I mean, we have cargo, we have, you know, resources, and we may even very well have people on these rockets. And, you know, having American people, I mean, we're already relying on the Russia to get a space station because of what Obama did to the, uh, you know, we talked about this in other shows, what Obama did to the space shuttle program, program in general, specifically to the space shuttle program. And with the tensions between Russia getting, you know, hotter, you know, then, I mean, can we trust what they're sending us? Will that actually... uh, curtail, you know, our, our, our missions because we can't trust them, or maybe maybe they'll just say, you know what, things are so tense between us, we're just not going to sell you the rockets. And so because we're not investing in our own technology, you know, we're doing the cheap route because people don't want to spend the money on it, uh, I see where that can cause some problems. Now, you know, you know, I had to, you know we're, we're talking about, you know, our budgets and things of that nature. Uh, you know, they're talking about increasing the debt ceiling, thing of that nature, maybe, you know, repatriating some money, as they said they were going to. Uh, you know, we could start using our own and buying our own stuff. But, I mean, 2020, let's say 2028. I mean, we're talking about 11 years still, and, you know, a lot can happen, especially in this geopolitical climate uh, with that. Uh, so, I mean, again, I mean, I, I can't emphasize how much and how important it is at least uh, I believe, for us to dedicate funds you know, to our program because if we do not, then we're going to have to rely on people that we may not be able to work with in the future. I mean, I'm not an isolationist per se, but the, mo- the, the, the more we could do ourselves, especially when it comes to science and technology, the better because do we really want to rely on you know, other nations? You know, and, 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 you know, because think about it. The other technologically advanced nations are, you know, India, China, and Russia, and not uh, India, not so bad. But China and Russia, you know, they're not. I, I, could we can, can we really honestly consider them our friends? India, uh, not so much. They would probably, you know, I mean, I guess they're our allies because you know they, they in Pakistan have their, you know, their history and, and it's not good. Uh, and whereas you know we would help out India in that instance. If something were to happen between India and Pakistan, but uh, now when it comes to those three nations, you know that has, especially the space programs, those are the uh, the, the top three. You know, with uh, India being on the bottom. So I think it's very important for us to invest. And and, and I stated this earlier. You know, I mean, uh, this is a statistic. You know, I've heard a long time ago. But for every one dollar, you know, we put into space program, our economy benefits six. Six times, you know, six dollars. I mean, how many other, you know, how much investments, what other investments get you that? Um, you know, and if there's any other studies, I'm welcome for some of the show to me. But, you know, that's, you know, that, that's what, you know, I, I've, I've heard put out there. Uh, and so, you know, some would disagree, perhaps even our good friend uh, John, which, you know, I mean, what, what's your thoughts at least on that premise that if we're talking about something that's, in the, you know, it is in the, in the interest of national security. I think we can at least, you know, maybe agree some on that because that is one of the purviews of the federal government is our national security. 
Right. And I think that the majority of see, I hate it when we think of things in percentages of the people, and because so many people get run roughshod over and left out by our system, and that's why. I buck a lot of systems, even though I agree with NASA in a lot of ways, and I'm grateful for what has developed and been done through uh, NASA. But anymore, it's just run amok to the point that every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there figures out a way to make the government their personal piggy bank for their own personal pet project. And then, therefore, it takes away from the authentic integrity and uh, genuineness of the real issues that are actually a part of the Constitution, like you were just saying, security and national safety. And so I'm always fighting back about it. And plus, part of the, my concern and the issues are is they're in, under the label of security and, you know, um, National whatever protection I don't remember what the title is But anyway They do multiple other things underneath the banner That actually is unconstitutional And then they start using that label As a cloak for them to be able to continue To manipulate their benefits To to do their pet projects indirectly Because, you know, buying tanks And taking care of, um, you know, weaponry And if you want to deal with any kind of security like you were saying for from the standpoint of space because like uh, Ronald Reagan had the Star Wars potential and it never really came to fruition even though a lot of the technology and the the R&D and, and the knowledge that they created through that has actually been developed and stuff but it ended up going through DARPA and other agencies and then personal Entities took it and manipulated it, and then they end up getting private contracts and whatnot with the government. And then they, it's just kind of like our pharmaceutical company or companies, they get these special deals with the government in order to provide all this R&D development, but they keep all the profits and keep all of the trademarks or patents and, you know, whether it be utility design or whatever. And it's like, there's something screwy with that whenever certain groups of people get to use our government to ingratiate themselves while the rest of us don't get that same privilege and immunity. And so that's why I'm always fighting back on these issues when you bring up NASA and us spending it because NASA is not always about just, you know, national security and stuff. They're doing all kinds of other stuff, and I think that's where some of the pet projects get in on on a side note, I'm not sure how to even explain it because I'm not the greatest explainer in chief. But do you, do you see what I'm saying? Well, with the but that well, what special projects are you referring to? Well, there's so many different aspects of these different projects, and just um, people. The ones that stick out to me is like Tesla. And Solyndra, ABC Batteries, those kind of places are concerned SpaceX and whatnot. That stuff is not our federal government's business. And so, therefore, they shouldn't be getting funded by this federal government. If they can't raise what the money. What about Martin Lockheed, Lockheed, which is a lot of planes and things of that nature? 
Exactly. Or Lockheed the Martin. Lockheed and, and McDonnell Douglas and, and some of Boeing, some of these people, they're working on the actual X-35 and some of these spacecraft, or, the, or spacecraft, airplanes or whatever. They're about spacecraft almost nowadays. But um, they're working on some of the important things about our security and stuff. And some of it does tie into NASA in the sense that, you know, some of the things that you've mentioned in the past, I can't think of them off the top of my head because I'm just not that nerdy into that kind of stuff. But they overlap. But whenever we start funding the whole shooting match for all that stuff and they're able to conf- um, collude their intention and use that as a cloak to get more funding to fund all their projects when not all their projects under that same umbrella are really to the interest of what our Constitution says our government should be funding. Does that make sense, or do you still need more information? Well, no, well, but when, you, when you're spending them, well, then you, then you, well, when you're doing spending bills and you have, when you do earmarking, you can have the funds earmarked for a certain project. Then yeah, you have okay. Well, this fund, this, this, this fund is earmarked towards these rockets for whatever you know. For example, uh, you know, for we can build, for we can build our own rockets instead of relying on the Russians. Right, and within reason, depending on what those rockets' intent are for, if they're for you know SpaceX or people to send people to the moon on you know these vacation trips to riding a space plane or whatever a spaceship. Not our government's business, but the point is that our well, government. I'm saying, for instance, well, I'm, well, I'm saying, for instance, uh, because I do think I, I do think exploration is important, and I'm not saying that people can ride commercial planes through space. I'm saying is what Newt Gingrich was running on in 2012 was talking about building a space colony. Well, what people are like? Well, that's why build a space colony. Well, one exploration, two, what that exploration can give to the United States. Right, because I mean, what 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 benefit what what benefits the space program can uh, is going to benefit everyone on, on the planet, and, and one of the ways for that is and why I say it, it, it benefits everyone, you know, in the United States, uh, is that the technology that's discovered, you know, for the you know for the type of research, also uh, the reason for the base, you know, is to collect helium three, which is to uh, create nuclear fusion power plants, uh, which nuclear fusion power plants can take over nuclear fission, which that would be safer energy uh, for the people of the country. So, I mean, so that type of exploration, or let's say, you know, even to go to Mars to put people to colonize Mars or at least get people to land on Mars. You know, what type of technologies are, are discovered? Like, for instance, the microwave. I mean, because of space programs, the microwave. Teflon, uh, you know, fireproofing, you know, you know, firemen, you know, there's all kinds of technologies that people benefit, you know, firemen benefit, you know, from the research from these technologies started in the space program, right? And so it's just like uh, air, air circulation, air purification. Uh, air purification was uh, invented for astronauts. Well, now you can use air purification for, you know, let's say you're in a place where there's, you know, high pollution or there's a lot of toxins or, so, or something of that nature. You, you can have that. Uh, look at hospitals that need uh, a whole room uh, that needs air purification because someone has a disease. 
or something of that nature or, or has something that's uh, like tuberculosis or something like that nature. Uh, remember, there was that big tuberculosis there, and, you know, they had to put people in a room that had certain types of air purification uh, linked up to it. Well, the, what discovered the air purification? Well, the uh, – and now that's helping people. Anyone who gets – anyone that can help anyone in, in the whole country who might come down with tuberculosis, and if they got to be isolated, you know, in an isolation chamber, they need to have air that's uh, circulated and purified. Uh, for them, and, and, but they wouldn't have that. It was a, for that, for that. the microwave. I mean, how many people, you know, use a microwave now? Uh, the mic that was due towards, you know, for research during a space, you know, for space exploration. So the technology that comes out of space exploration helps everyone. It's not just for people, you know, to fly commercially. I would agree with you there. I don't think the government should uh, put money into, you know, projects where people are just going to. Um, you know, hey, let's let these these people take a a, a commercial trip or, or a, a a vacation trip to the moon or, or around the world. Or right? no, I don't think the government should be in any any way, shape, or form paying for that. And I don't think tax dollars should pay for that. But if it's something that you know could affect and benefit, you know, or at least the possibility of of benefiting everyone, uh, then I think that could be something that could be, you know, that 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 could be. You know, I don't want to say the word okay, but something that, that I would think would pass the mustard for you, uh, because that is something that it's not a a pet project that only helps a few. I mean, it's something that could come out of there that can help many. It's not all the people in some way, uh, shape, or form. Just like you know, who knows well, what type of research that, that would get or or technologies to, to be able to live on Mars uh, that we here in the United States can, you know, or maybe they'll they'll get there and find a new. Uh, you know, maybe a new element or, you know, a new chemical or a new, you know, something that they could be brought back to Earth, cure, you know, something or, or build something new. You know, Robert, um, everything you're talking about is hindsight 2020. We don't know that this stuff could not have been developed without the federal government funding it. It could have been funded by private means. See, the thing of it is, if just because I say something, I could say, hey, we, our government, you know, even though it re- it's supposed to be a, a reflection of all of we the people, because every one of us, we the people are the government. The people who work in our government are just the managers and administrators that we appoint to do our business on our behalf and do us no harm. But th- that's not the way it's been psychologically manipulated. And I could very well say, well, hey, you know, I can take a, a, a dirt, a piece of rock, and I'm going to make it into the, the greatest thing. It's going to be the fountain of youth. So you ought to, all the people in America ought to let the government fund it for me. And, you know, you're talking hindsight 2020 after the fact when we've lived through, what, 100 years of our government bailing out their buddies and handing them money for their pet projects when you and I don't get that same privilege and immunity. So how did they? How do you know that you and I couldn't come up with something that's also just as grandiose? We don't get that same favor. And and I'm well, 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 well here, here's one thing. Here's an answer. Here's an answer for you. Me, for one, hold on, John. Hold on. I'm going to answer your question about about doing that. For for one. We are not. We can, you and I are, are 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 not, and probably never will be, 
in a position to have the funds. We couldn't fundraise it. We couldn't earn it. We, you know, we couldn't earn it. We couldn't fundraise it in order to get the money that would cost to build something like a space program or a highway system. I don't. We, we, we couldn't that. do it. No, I know. No, 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 we could. We could build we roads be, in our community. We could build well, a road in our community, but could we build an interstate highway? I don't. I don't accept that because it, I believe my dreams can come true overnight. But you uh, might limit yourself when, in that when, way. When you wake up with a million dollars in your bed, John. Let me know. <laughs> I want to know how you did it. <laughs> it's still. It's still wrong for me to use the government to ingratiate myself and my benefit and use it for my personal benefit and then deny the same privilege and immunity to all of the rest of the citizens. Using the government like that is unjust and unconstitutional. But here, but wait, but here's the thing. You, 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 you like anyone else, well, like, the, like the patent office. Let's use, that for, let's use something like that for an example. If you come up with something that – here's the thing. I'm not saying that we should be – the government should be funding everybody's pet projects. I don't see building a rocket to go to the moon as someone's personal, uh, someone's personal project. That's not going to just benefit one person. Building a highway isn't benefiting just one person or even a, group, or, or a, a small group of people. But wait, wait a minute. Hear me out. Building that is – here's the thing. I will never be, and you would never be – let's be realistic. We would never be able to – we would never be able to build an interstate highway. Never happened. Realistically, me or you or even a group of our friends or our neighborhood could not build, could not fund and build – but we're talking about funding. We could not, we could not fund an international or, or a national highway system. Can't be done. If out of the blue, just like we Donald couldn't, we Trump, couldn't fund, we couldn't fund a space. You, where are you going to get the money? You know, you're, you're just not going to get. The, you're, you're not going to get the money to do it. Yeah, but right, I mean, life is stranger than fiction. It's, just, it's not feasible. Just out of the blue, a multi-billionaire might dump a bunch of money right in my back pocket, and I can build that highway. Well, you tell me when that's going to happen, John. (laughs) When is that? But I I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, that 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 that, that, I mean, that that just doesn't happen. I I love you, buddy, but I'm telling you, not not for the rest of you are probably my life and my grandchildren's lives. Is a billionaire going to say, "Here, have this money so that you can build something"? Unless they're going to get something out of it, okay? Or they're going to say, you know, or they're going to work with the government to get something get something built. Because of the, even because even with the logistics of it, it takes too many people for one. So okay, think of, of the logistics of it. I mean, can you get a, can you get a company? You know, I mean, think how many people and things work with the space program. I mean, you you, you just can't get a group of people to do that. You need the you point. need to have technical experts. You have to have scientists. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's a huge complex. And, and to say that one person can do that, or even a, a small group of people can do that, or even a even even a company, one company by itself can do that, it's just too large of a of a task for that to happen. Why do you think these smaller countries can't ever really get anything done? Do you, I mean, do you ever think like England? I mean, has England ever had anybody on a plant on on the moon? Not that I know of. Will Australia ever land somebody on Mars? No, they're an entire country. 
But you know what? Even if they got everything together with their with either privately or publicly, Australia will Australia will never on its own be able to have you know a space program. It just it's just not. Even if you know it's just not going to have it. One, they don't have the people. They don't have the infrastructure. The point is, are we supposed to use the government, which is supposed to be a reflection of all of we the people, for individuals' personal things? We, you and I, apparently... Who's individual? That's what I'm asking, John. That's what I'm asking you. I'm not, I'm not saying... No, who is the individual? What individual is the space program affecting, John? We're, 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 we're gonna, I guess we'll have it out here. Tell me who they are. Who gets to decide? Who gets to decide who's the decider in chief, you or me? The people we elect to decide on, on that. I mean, that's why we have a represent we have a representational government. We don't have a direct democracy. I mean, yep, as much as I would love to have a democracy, as much as I would love, right. we'll, hold on, let me let me finish. As much as I would love a direct democracy, it's just not going to happen. There's no way it's not going to happen. There's no, we have such a complex system and such a large system, a direct democracy cannot work. As much as I'd love to see it, we're too big. I don't propose a direct democracy. I, I propose a correct, a correct definition of true representation where there's an actual trust relationship with a fiduciary agency obligation as a trustee who takes your property called self-governance and rightly uses it as you, you know, granted them the privilege to do so. They, and, and who determines? And, and who's the person who determines if it's right or not? Person that grants the um, use of it. It's just like you own it. Well, you give your kid the right to drive your car, and you determine how they drive it, and when they drive it, or if they drive it at all, because you are the grantor of the beneficiary, the benefit of that property. And, the right and we all able to use your. And, and we all give the government part of our money, which sucks, but we do. Right. So. Well, when, they, when they have all this money that was given by the tax dollars, how do we tell them how to spend it? Well, that's just like you and I do call and tell them, and that's what we're supposed to do. But they don't listen. They do what they want to do okay. and throw the Constitution under the bus. They well, they, they, but, 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 but practically, in practicality, okay, I mean, I I understand, and in a large part, agree with what you're talking about. But the practicality of it, the feasibility of it, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it there. How can we get? How can we get things done? How can we decide specifically? Specifically, how can we get it done? How can it be decided on what our money spent with? I mean, not. I mean, I'm not talking about in a, you know, in a, in a mainframe or you know in a. You know what? What am I looking for? Uh, you know, not not in a, in a semantic kind of way. I mean, give me a specific way that it could be determined on what the money spent on. Who 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 is going to say, or whom, or who, or how many people are going to say this is what our money is going to be spent on? All makes that decision. All of we the people decide by mutual assent. Whenever the founding 
freedom fighters set up the Constitution. Oh, oh, okay, but we, I, I, John, I know you always say that mutual assent, but for one, we're not always. Can you agree that we're not always going to agree? We're not going to agree 100 percent on anything. Would you agree with that? That's why it's called limited government, Robert. You don't get what you can't agree on. That's why I can't. But then, John, to John, 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 the nothing, John, the nothing will ever get done. Nothing not will true. ever get done. What, like that's what? What can true. get done with having? What can get done with having? You tell me something that we could get a hundred percent mutual assent on. What could that be? That um, no one, no one can dictate to another the burdens and encumbrances without their consent. You think everyone would agree with that? Yeah. Do you know anybody that wants to be somebody else's slave? No, but they want someone to be their slave. Somebody else's slave. But they, they, they want someone else to be their slave. I'm sure there's people out there like, oh man, it'd be great if I had slaves. They're not. They're not going to say but, it. Uh, you know. But, Live, but sure, there's gonna be people like no, but and, and not even just slaves. I mean, do, do you think a CEO is gonna be like, I, I want my workers to have the same type of power that I have? Do you think a CEO is gonna say, do, do I want my employees to have the same say in what happens with my company as I do? Hell no. You're not gonna get a CEO saying that. I mean, you say this is your place. Your place is this employee. I'm the CEO. I got here whatever way that they did to be the CEO, and they're not gonna give people equal power. It's not gonna happen. The, the reality is there's a CEO. The CEO is not going to give up their power. Okay, They're, they're not going to do it. There's not going to be mutual assent because the, 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 the workers are like, yeah, yeah, I should have as much say as that CEO. But the CEO is going to be like, I don't think so. That ain't going to happen. So, so you're, you're, ne- yeah. you're never going to get mutual assent. No, not, not, everyone is not going to agree like, oh, yeah, we should all be treated equal because people don't really believe that. There's going to be enough people out there that you're never going to get. You're never going to get mutual assent. You're never going to get 100. percent You're never going to mutual assent. It's never going to happen. It's just, it's just not. Well, truthfully, if you really look at it, most people are a lot more willing to go along when they know the person that they're speaking to is honest and authentic with them about looking out for their best interest. And that's exactly what the representative form of government was about, is when you elect somebody to be your representative, you believe that they're authentic authentic and genuinely interested in looking out for your best interests and not running roughshod over you and railroading you. And whenever you but, determine but how can you determine, how can you de- interested in really I, doing that and they want to run roughshod over you, then it's not very long before the beatdown comes. And that's what we're headed well, to. How can you determine whether they're running roughshod? The government to get their benefits, and they don't care if they have to run roughshod over their fellow American to get it, as long as they can use the government to do it. And I'm trying okay, to avoid well, then, that. But there's, but there's no way. I mean, the reality of it, there is no way. It just, it's not, it's not yeah, ever going to happen. But Robert, isn't meaning you're condoning slavery? Because if you can steal from your fellow man by using the government, then you're saying that you're validating government-sanctioned theft, robbery, vilification, assault. They they take the taxes down. If you don't pay them, they put you in jail, or they fine you, or they That's take your property from you. That's why it's wrong. Just because they do it doesn't make it constitutional. But 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 the thing is, how okay? 
but the reality is that the reality is that that's where it's at. And if unless we have a, a like everybody in the United States, you know, grab their arms and, and overthrow the overthrow the government. And here's the thing: and then the, the, the new people that come in to make the government, you know, they're just they're, they're going to build it to be around them, and they're going to have a system. I mean, the government has been around for thousands of years, thousands of years. You so know, uh, for, for, let, let me tell you, humanity itself is going to have to improve before our governments improve, and that's going to take longer than probably our children and great grandchildren. Uh, you know, I mean, we got to work it to the. I mean, in, in order for things to be able to work, we got to work within the system that we have, not work within the system that we that that we want. You know, yeah, you still want to strive, but it's going to you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be small steps unless there's. Some major, you know, catastrophic revolution. But Robert, how can we get the system to work if the person that we're working with in the system wants to run roughshod over you and take your tax money and use it for their benefit and then just kick you to the side? It's John. John, it's human nature. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's like every empire in the past, whether it be China and the Asian empires of the past, or whether it be uh, the Medo-Persians or the Greek or the Romans, they all end at some point for the same exact reason. They don't. And then you have a new empire. Is the new empire any different than the previous one? I'm sorry, I missed. I missed part of that. I didn't understand what you said. No, I said, and, and then a new, and then a new empire replaces it. And then you have the new empire, and then and is the new empire any different than the old one? On the surface, it may be, but the the I mean, they still have people that govern. They still have people who are the decision makers. They still have the people who they make believe that they're the decision makers, but they're really not. It's just yeah. a different system. It's, you you have the same right. thing. It's just a different system because humanity hasn't changed in how many in, in how many years? You know, human and, and, and it's not going to. So I, I believe we need to work it you know what? You know how you can know it's changed? Because look, out of all of the empires from the past, America has only been around about 241 years, and it's been the best empire on the face of the planet for all of history. So it has got better, and we are the most recent best model. But that doesn't mean that it stops here because time in our own pilgrimage in our development, we're starting to slide back into uh, – Doministic control by fascists Or um, the people Who get elected decide That they're just going to run roughshod over the rest Of us and they don't respect the fact that we Are the owners and that they Represent us they're supposed to do our Business and do us no harm And the country And let's bring it back to that Who decides whether they're doing us harm or not who is it that decides that they're not doing it in the best of our – so we vote them out. So if we don't think that they're doing – so we, if we don't think that they're doing the be, for, for our, in our best interest, we vote them out, right? In a representative democracy, that, democracy that's how it's supposed to work, right? No. That's, that's the way it's been manipulated in its most basic uh, caveman mentality, yes. If you look at then, it from then, then how do we know? It's, it's, the, thing is, the thing is, John, is who is going to be who is the person who is the person that determines if if our representatives are doing what we want, and the way that we decide that. I mean, I, what do you say? 
How, how do we? De- who determines that? Well, the, each of us, all of the United States citizens, determine that together. Because if you're running roughshod over one of them, that means you're using force over one of them. Then you're saying that you deserve to be run roughshod over too. I'll use this as an example because we're using this tonight. I think it's okay for them to use our tax, our, our tax dollars to, you know, I, I think it's okay for them to use our tax dollars, okay, to promote and to extend and increase the space program because I believe that it's a, them doing that is a benefit for all people in the country. I believe that that's the case. So what I'm getting here, you don't believe that they are right in doing so. Which one of us is right? Who is it? Who is it? We 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 don't mutually assent. We don't mutually agree. So how how are things? Whose side should they pick? Mine or yours? We don't have to do it through our representative. But our representative is supposed to represent all of us by mutual assent. Otherwise, he's playing well, favorites and discriminating against others. And therefore, he's okay, in well, well, and Okay, and let me, but, let me simplify it, John. Let me simplify it. You have a representative. We have one, we have one guy, one gal, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have one person yeah. who's mining your representative. And that representative has a, cho- has a choice to make. Either spend the money that, that, he, that they have – that we've given them through our taxation, okay? And I've said, hey, I want that money. I'm okay with you, or I want you to spend that money on the space program. And you go and say, I don't want you to spend that money on the space program. Well, what does that person do? Who does this person pick? Does he not do something? Do they not do something at all? Or do they do something with the space program? Either way, we, I don't assent to that. He's encumbering on what I want. And you're encumbering on what I want by, by you know, saying, no, no, don't do it. You have this one representative, and we, me and you are the only two people this guy's got to listen to. Just us two. Just us. Right. And he's only one person. What decision does he make? Well, you're automatically implying that all the monies are automatically taken to whoever decides. But the problem is, each one of us, because there's multiple options here, we could decide together if we could reach mutual assent. If we can't reach mutual assent, then we have the uh, you know private enterprise that we can go raise money and do it that way by a trust account or however, you know, do crowdfunding, and we can raise the money outside of government to do it if we want to. There's nothing stopping us from doing that. But what goes on but, in okay, our Okay, well, let's say, for instance, okay, well, for instance, like this. So, okay, let, let's bring it to a different topic. I don't know if you have kids. No, I'm not asking it's your personal Okay. Don't want to. Hold on. Again, I'm simplifying this because if it gets too vast, it's never going to be explained, okay? And then we're going to have to, unfortunately, finger. So let's say you have the one representative, and you know you want a, you want a hospital bill. Let's say you want a hospital bill because your child is sick, and the only person that could take care of your child because they have the technology to do it is this hospital. 
My God, that hospital's expensive. But you know what? Right. Your child needs that hospital. I don't want a hospital. Hell, I don't have children. Let's say I don't yeah. have children. And, and, but you know what? So, so when me and you are mutually saying to find ourselves in agreement, I'll turn to you and say, hey, you know what, man? Get your funding. To, to, you know, t- talk to people and get your funding for that hospital. And then you'll be like, then you realize that's a pretty daunting task. I might not and probably will not be able to do it, or by the time I can do it, my child's dead because it took too long to do it. If I have cancer, I myself would be dead if I have the cancer, and not only my child. But the point of the the issue is it's not right for me to use the government to steal from you to privilege myself and my kid. So it would be be okay for them to say no when you guys are done. That, that's if acceptable. I want to get hope, do what? So, so the scenario in which, so the scenario in which the hospital does not get built, and you and your and your child perishes, that's that's an okay scenario. And it has to be okay. Otherwise, you you're actually um, condoning and sanctioning government-sanctioned assault and robbery and thievery. Well, no, okay, well, let, okay so, so basically, so let's, let, oh, on the flip side, let's say that, okay, well, now, not, 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 so now you've got it. So basically, so it's okay for me to tell you it's okay if your family dies because I don't want you to have that hospital. You it's have okay. The is that, more, is that morally right for me to say that? Am I, am I, am I, am I, am I the moral clear? Because I don't want my money being spent on your hospital? You get to choose because your own. One board. day I might need that. One day I might need that hospital, but you know what? I don't need it today. I don't need it now. So I said right. no. But see, that's so, the thing. But, so I'm morally okay because it didn't affect me now. But the thing of it is, is there will be a certain number of Americans who will agree with me, and they'll help me build that without government money. Well, well, Christian, so, Christian, so you think there's enough? The so there's enough of it. There's enough of it. And that's my point. You know, and, 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 but by the time you built that hospital, you're dead. And that didn't help you out any, did it? Because you and your family are dead. Same right. with building a road. Same with creating a, a space program. There's time limits. There's only a certain amount of time you've got to do this because, let's be honest, when they said there's a space race, there is. But and that so give you, you got used to the, the government to sanction the you know robbery and thievery and, and assault on your fellow there, man just so you have enough money to build but, 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 My point I'm trying to make is see how long see how long it would take you to do it yourself. I it's don't not have only to sufficient do it to do it yourself. I can do it outside of government with all the other Americans who agree with but, me. But they but they but let's get back to reality. Uh, that doesn't that is happen. reality. There's people that get together outside of government and build um, hospitals and stuff, uh, schools and everything all over the nation. And, and have, have they the built? And have they? Have they ever? Has there ever been a community? Has there ever been a neighborhood? Has there ever been a city that built an interstate highway? I don't know. And if they tried, and if they tried to build an interstate highway across the United States. How long do you think that would have taken them to get the money to do that? I don't they know, even but could. it still doesn't justify do you think one, do you, do think one city could, could make enough money for an interstate highway? And we'll, we, could t- yeah. we, we could probably do this all night, and unfortunately we, we don't have the time there, John. Yeah. 
you know. But the thing is, is if, when you talk about expediency, I'm not saying you can rob people and it's okay to rob people, but what I'm saying, for practicality's sake, you know, with the system that we have now, you know, to, to try to get, you know, let's say, for instance, and I'll, and I'll have to end it with this, okay? Let's say, for instance, that even if you got all the, you know, you've heard of the term herding cats, right? Right. And, and I'm not yeah. a, a, a huge fan of centralization, but in some instances it does make sense because let's say you get all these connecting cities from Washington, D.C. to Olympus, Washington, right? You get cities in a line through there say, you know what, all, each one of these cities is going to build a road together, and all those roads across the whole nation is going to, is, is going to connect and connect this road going all across the nation. Two things, the logistics of trying to get all these, how many cities, maybe even a hundred cities, you know, to, to be able to build this, they got to come up with the money. They got to come up with the infrastructure. They got to come up with the companies to build them. They got to uh, come up with the funding. There's so many things that they have to come up with together. There, then there's timing. Then they got to get their own votes among their people on, well, do we really want to spend it? Because is this interstate highway, is it really going to help us? Is it going to help our family? But we're going to be spending our money on it. So you have too many small little things to build something that's huge. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not efficient to do it that way. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, John, I really appreciate it, and I love these discussions. Uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll do it. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do it again. We'll, we'll, we'll probably never agree, but you know, I, I still think it's fun, and interesting, and, and maybe at some point uh, we'll be able to find some sort of agreement there. But, but I have, I do. Unfortunately, I do have to end things up, though, John. Um, and uh, definitely, folks, I hope you enjoyed our conversations too. But we'd like to also enjoy it with you as well. Uh, but I do have to end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Take care, good night, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Appreciate you, Robert. Thanks, John. Good night, bud.